0: to go fast Sonic the Hedgehog trailer is here also we're going to talk about 21 Bridges Game of Thrones and a whole bunch of other stuff also our review for Avengers Endgame it's finally here spoiler warning we're going to go balls deep into spoilers with that one we'll let you know before that happens all this and more on this upcoming tracks episode of Midnight Double Feature It's been a long day, it's been, we're tired, it's late, I think this might be the latest we've ever done for recording an episode, so let's get right into this. Z, are you ready for this?
1: I'm asleep because that's how late it is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is going to be a good episode, I'm really keen for this.
0: I am legitimately really excited for this one. Um, there's a few things I've wanted to talk about for a while, especially Endgame, and um, there is a whole bunch of stuff um and i'm really excited about it but we should start off on some quick little sad news um shout outs to john singleton uh director of films such as shaft boys in the hood too fast too furious um rip man um those that that is pretty big uh so that, that that's a that's a legacy he's leaving behind right there yeah,
1: totally. Um, uh, another favorite of mine of his was Four Brothers. Yeah, it was really good.
0: Well, Boys in the Hood was like that film was like uh-uh. I don't know if revolutionary is the right word, but like it is iconic. Um, and 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 Shaft, like right around the time of the reboot too. So um, you know, thanks thanks for all you can for what you contributed to us, and yeah, much love. Um, speaking of fast or too fast and the furious, too fast, too furious. Um we really need to bring back numbers into film names man. Um I don't know why Fate of the Furious wasn't called F8 of the Furious. I'm sure at one point <laughs> it was meant to. Um but we got like my favorite piece of casting news ever. Fast and the Furious 9 has cast a new actor.
1: And his name is John Cena. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs>
0: That was really awkward because I hit play, but I missed the play button there.
1: I was like, Matt, where did you go? <laughs> uh, um, dude,
0: I called this like a year ago. I was like, John Cena needs to be in a Fast and the Furious movie. And I also said about less than six months ago, Jason Momoa needs to be in a Fast and Furious movie, who apparently will be in like one of the, the future Hobbs and Shaw films. But bro... The idea of John Cena and the Fast and Furious is genius. Like, ignore the wrestling stuff aside. You know, yeah, you can compare it to The Rock. But clearly built for action. Looks like he lives in an action movie. Great with comedy. We all saw him in Blockers, and he fucking did pretty solid there. Is this just, like, genius casting or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty brainless. Um, Like, it's pretty... uh pretty pretty standard uh, i i definitely like to see what kind of role he plays uh whether he's a villain or not uh that would be pretty awesome but yeah I, i'm definitely keen to see what kind of physicality he'll bring like he'll definitely have a fight scene with someone so oh. um yeah i'm definitely keen for it see 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 how we go but also i'm keen to see what fast 9 looks like in terms of who's going to be in it because i mean fate of the furious had that schism with the rock and vin diesel so i'm um, Pretty keen to see who comes back and who doesn't.
0: Yeah, um, for those who don't know about it, honestly, do yourself a favor. It is one of my favorite things in the world. Do a deep Google dive, read every article, watch everything. Uh, jo- uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson calling Vin Diesel a candy ass. Um, the guy who plays Tyrone just straight up unfiltered on Instagram. That dude needs a manager that can just tell him to shut up. Um, or not, it's entertaining. But yeah. Gibson. And if you look carefully throughout that whole film. Um they do not uh, Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson do not se- share a single scene together. Uh well there's two scenes where the characters in the same room, but it's clearly just like um lookalikes or doubles where you just see the backs of their heads. Um which is which would explain so much of that script and why half the cast barely see each other. Um but yeah man John Cena my only question is why hasn't this happened sooner? It just seems like a no-brainer. Um in in terms of like I think the obvious thing is that he would be a bad guy. Um, but I, I don't think we've ever seen him play a truly villainous role. Like, he comes across as too much of a nice guy. That's part of his brand. He would never, like, I, he would never see him on film doing something super evil. Like, his big thing about his brand is like, he's always with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and stuff. Um, but Fast and Furious has a big reputation of having a bad guy, oh look at that, they're good now. And then they're like with the rest of the franchise. Uh what we do know is from my understanding, um, Dwayne Johnson is confirmed to not return for Fast Nine. Um, and it looks like Hobbs and Shaw is meant to be a very separate uh like the they it's part of the Fast and Furious universe, but like they're hoping to spin off as a separate franchise. Um for obvious reasons. Um, there was a little bit of... There's a casting rumor. It's not officially confirmed. I don't know if you heard this about this week about Hobbs and Shaw. Have you? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I I have no idea. Tell okay, me. so
0: according to unconfirmed sources, and I usually don't want to talk about this stuff, but if it's true, it'd be so exciting. Apparently, something they've left out from all marketing material, um, a major villainous role is being played by... Yanni Reeves. Um, hmm. yeah, it's, it's like, there's no one knows what it is. Um, a lot of like speculation is that he is like the villain, but it doesn't show up to like near the ends. It's meant to, or a post-credit scene to sort of, That'll maybe it's off. a sequel or maybe he's actually more solid in the film, or maybe all of this is bullshit. Um, which is very strong possibility. Um, after hearing him turn down that role for Captain Marvel, um, and I know he looks like John Wick's been really keeping him busy, but oh man, if you can get me Keanu Reeves fighting Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Holy. How would that even look? What'd that even look like? Holy hell. Um, get Keanu in more action films. Cause he is clearly the king of them right now. Um, do you have anything else to say about this before we move on?
1: Um, no, I I just, (laughs) this is, that's so your territory that I'm just Uh, like, oh, I'll I'll leave this to you, Matt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll leave this to you because I'm not going to interject because I'm just (laughs) like, I'm kind of sort of getting over these movies a little bit, kind of. I mean, like, I'll still watch them. I'll still have fun, but I'm just like, yeah.
0: You know what? Like, the more they go on, the more I like them. Like, I started off not really giving a shit about this franchise. I'm not really a card guy, car guy. I'm not really a bro guy. But, like, when they started just, like... You say bro all the time. (laughs) Bro, I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. Honestly, bro. Um, But, like, the... Like, the crazier they get, the more, like... It's, like, I'm kind of laughing at it, but it's also laughing at it with me. So, it's not, like it's not like something like Return of Xander Cage where it's like kind of embarrassing for how over the top it is, but this is like, it knows what it is almost. And Hobbs and Shore, it's like they finally fully committed to that. Um, And, oh man, these films, I feel like the way that they just bring in action stars, they're doing what everything the Expendables wanted to do, except better, you know, like the Expendables, like we're like the all stars of action heroes and stuff. But now like you look at this franchise, Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, Michelle Rodriguez, Jason Statham. Um, I know.
1: Uh, you don't have to go through the whole cast. Man, I know. Oh, man. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I get what you're you're it's, it's, it's too uh, cool. It, yeah, yeah. And it's, I usually hate talking cast. about
0: casting news, but that's how excited I am. Um, speaking of casting, though, we will talk about one more thing because it is a little bit noteworthy um, Bond 25, a film that has been, I feel like they've been talking about this movie for like a thousand years. Um, but we finally got some casting info. Um, do you want to talk a bit about this? Bond is a little bit more your territory.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is actually interesting because they hosted like a, a live reveal on YouTube, which I actually did watch live. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it was pretty cool because I, I was like, for me, like the biggest thing is like I'm really curious to see what, uh, what the title is. But unfortunately, they didn't reveal the title. Yeah. Um, it's sort of
0: like Star Wars where like the name yeah. is such a
1: big deal. Yeah, but I mean, like, if we get it in the trailer uh, and that's the first time I'll see it, that'll be awesome. But um, yeah, anyway, the working title is Shatterhand, but I don't think that's going to be it. Uh, that's going to be it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, the cast of this is is shaping up very nicely. Uh, you've got Anna D. De- uh, who is fucking beautiful. She's my celebrity crush right now. Uh, she's from Blade Runner 2049. Uh, she played Joy. Uh, you got Billy Magnusson. So I know you know Billy Magnusson. He was in Game Night. He was the uh, sort that's of.
0: That's where I've seen him. I was trying to yeah. figure that out.
1: <laughs> he was the he was kind of like the dumb guy. Uh,
0: yeah, but yeah, yeah. He was the one who dated all like the the the, the, the hot chicks that were dumb. Right,
1: right, yeah. right. Uh, you got Leo Sedu coming back, um, obviously from Spectre. Danny Craig coming back, obviously. Ray Fine's coming back. Ben Whishaw's coming back. Naomi Harris coming back. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is coming back, which is awesome. He plays Felix Leiter uh, and Rory Kinnear. Um, but here's a cool one. Here's a here's a cool addition. Lashana Lynch. So she was just recently in Captain Marvel. She played uh, Maria Rambeau, and she crushed um, it in that. She crushed it. Yeah, I'm definitely keen to see what else she's got going on. A lot of people actually
0: say like her scene is the best scene of Captain Marvel, and I'd say m- it's up there. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of them. It's definitely um, now, up there. Now I'm not a hardcore Bond guy. In fact, I'm pretty casual. I haven't even seen all the recent movies since the. Daniel Craig reboot, which I'm told I'm saying because apparently Skyfall is amazing. Um, can you just well, fill we me in? one on in the podcast? I understand with casting with Bond films, it's I don't know people seem to make a big deal. I think it's like this—the first one where a Bond girl returns or something. Is that right?
1: that's that's correct so <clears throat> there has been another one that has returned uh once before uh it was diana rigg's character uh so diana rigg uh if you don't know her she's oh god i can't know what bond she was in but she played Elena tyrell in game of thrones which is awesome um but yeah she so leah sadu is the second bond girl to, to be coming back which is awesome so now
0: do you based on where the characters left off before do you think this is like a continuation of her story in a major way or was there anything they set up before or anything?
1: Well, Spectre and spoilers for Spectre. It's been out for four years. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to like. That's just my little caveat. Uh, Spectre's been out for four years, but the end of Spectre kind of like set up this sort of, um, <clears throat> well, basically it had the, the villain, like Bond's classic villain uh, who is Jesus Christ. How am I forgetting his name? <laughs>
0: but he's classic the classic fucking... villain from like an older film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so... not like
0: Doctor No or anything like that, is it? No,
1: no, it's not. It's or not Doctor No. Or... It's the fucking classic. It's Blofeld, Hans Blofeld. So okay. he's the guy, the classic guy with the you know the scar and the cat and all that shit. That's him. Oh, so he was and played has by he Christoph Waltz. Any Watts. of the
0: newer films?
1: No, so just Spectre. So he was played by Christoph Waltz. Oh. Um, and he was pretty cool, but, yeah, they captured him. He's in prison. Um, there wasn't any sort of, like, connective tissue, but you did see Bond and Leia Seydoux's character, Madeline Swan, uh, take off together in uh, Aston Martin. So maybe they are just kind of carrying through that story, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but man, the big person I want to talk about is Rami Malek. So Rami Malik just got cast as the villain. Uh he was rumored uh ages ago, but he was mm. now confirmed. Man, Rami Malik is killing it. I just started watching Mr. Robot last night. Dude, that show is fucking bonkers. He is awesome, yeah. man. I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. Does this seem like a unique
0: Oh, uh, you know, I was originally thinking this was a it was an odd choice to have him in this. But when I think about it, he's played kind of similar villainous roles. Like, okay, you can't forget, he was in, um... Oh, wait. Fucking <laughs> confused. the Museum. No, no, no I just realised that wasn't him. I'm thinking of, uh, who played Apocalypse in X-Men? Oh,
1: fucking Oscar Isaac, Yeah, man. I'm really oh, yeah. off, because I was going to say... You're racist. Hang on, R- Rami
0: Malek wasn't in X-Mark either. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> um, but fucking yeah... you're like, hating ho- against olive skin people, are you? <laughs> well, I'm olive skin, so I'm racist to myself,
1: I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: um... Uh, but coming hot off the tails of Bohemian Rhapsody, being a Bond villain is and that an
1: Oscar win. Yeah,
0: like, is is that a weird choice or I I don't know. I guess it is an iconic franchise.
1: No, not really. I mean, Christoph Waltz is a villain in the last one. He's got two Oscars, mm, so I guess
0: so. There's just something classic about the Bond franchise. I think really does appeal to people, like in the same way something like Star Wars does. I've never saw that appeal. I think my my blocker for this franchise has always been, there's always been a lack of connective tissue. Like, I remember watching the Pierce-Bronzman films in the- Brosnan. Bros- whatever, you know, in um in the cinema. And I was just like, how does this relate to that film from, like, the black and white days? And people were like, it doesn't. I'm like, oh, wh- I don't, don't need that. I mean, like-, like- I've always been confused. But then some actors will continue or others won't, right? Because, like, the chick who plays M has been M for, like,
1: Multiple Judy Dench, bonds, yeah, right, yeah. So Judy Dench uh, died in fucking Skyfall. Spoilers, right? Um, but yeah, like, like they do have connective tissues sometimes here and there, but it's not like, man, I don't need the MCU all the fucking time. Like I'm good. Like you know, just give me a. Uh, like the books were written as like separate stories more often mm. than not, so I'm I'm fine with that, dude.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Just when I think of. Uh... Like franchise, I like to think of them as TV almost. Like I, I'm used to, or even comic books. I'm used to things continuing, and so when I get a separate thing, it, for me, it's like it's an obstacle. It's like, oh, I've got to meet all these new characters again and all that. Like I, I used to feel the same way about the Mission Impossible films until the last couple, where like we're seeing the same returning cast more, and that makes me a bit more connected to the characters. I feel. Um, but we've had um, oh, I'm blanking. Daniel, what's his name? The the lead. Guy plays Daniel Bond. Craig. Daniel Craig. We've had him for a while now. How many movies since Casino Royale?
1: Been this like will be his fifth. His fifth, right?
0: And he's clearly not been enjoying this character recently, right? Like he,
1: he uh, sorry, he did an interview right. recently
0: he, saying he hopes it's like a woman or a or a person of color. He he, he seems very like I don't know. Do you think he hates being Bond?
1: Um, well, I mean, Inspector, he didn't seem that interested, and he did give back that. Famous interview where he said he'd rather slash his wrist than play the character again. But I think he kind yeah. of backtracked on that. uh but I don't know, we'll see how we go. Um I mean, more than anything, I'm keen to see this franchise back in the hand sorry, in the hands of another director. So Sam Mendez did the last two, and Sam Mendes definitely has a particular style. This one's directed by Kari Fukunaga, who did the first season of True Detective, um, which was outstanding. So I'm really, really mm-hmm. keen to see what this guy brings to film, really.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm really interested um, with- w- I am interested in where they go. I kind of want to do a catch-up session myself and catch up in the last few. I don't think I've seen any since- I got them all in Blu-ray,
1: dude. You're more, than, you're more than welcome to borrow. <laughs> what was the one after Casino Royale? Uh, Quantum of Solace. Not a good yeah. one. Not a good one. I
0: think that was the last one I saw. Bahia, yeah.
1: Skyfall,
0: and what's the other one that starts with this? Spectre. Spectre. They're they're worth what they're better, apparently, I'm uh,
1: told. <coughs> Spectre's not that no? fantastic. Like know, the, it's skippable? The, the two the two really good ones are Casino Royale, which by the way we've covered on the podcast, so go mm-hmm. back and listen to that. Uh Casino Royale is my favorite Bond movie ever, so check that out. And uh Skyfall is absolutely fantastic as well.
0: Dope, dope. Um shall we proceed Here we to are. the next? Um I don't know, yeah. M- most of my love kind of ends with uh golden the game, not the movie, to be honest. That's cool, baby. That's cool. Um, look, let's get into with some trailers. This trailer, uh, 21 Bridges, um, this literally came out while we were recording our last podcast, I believe. Um, holy shit. This this looks- Okay, the people attached to it alone is interesting. It is the Russo Brothers of Avengers fame with Chadwick Boseman. Um
1: Hold on, they're not directing. Let's put it out there.
0: Oh, oh, are they producing?
1: Yes, they're producing. So it's. Uh, oh, I'm already. I'm, I'm not interested yeah. anymore. Goodbye. Yeah, it's their first movie <laughs> under their first under their studio. Um, <clears throat> I, I I'm blanking on the name, unfortunately, but yeah. So they're not directing. It's being directed by a guy named Brian Kirk. But right, um, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, still. I mean, it looks cool. It looks fantastic. Yeah, like, I like I like cop dramas. So. Yeah, it's a it's a.
0: It's a cop drama. Um, they seem to be really—I don't know. I wouldn't call it large. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a bit larger larger than Rot Life, but it's not surreal. It does look more realistic. Looks like there's a big focus on character character work here with the beginning of showing his childhood, and um, it looks like the concept is um, the city they're in, which oh, I'm forgetting. Is it Chicago?
1: No, it's New York. No, NYPD. So- yeah, it's N- yeah. New York.
0: New York. And there's 21 bridges that connect to New York. And I believe they the people that off that the city. go out from that, each just, one.
1: That's, that's it, yeah. Just sail off the city. Um, it's it's it, the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Right, it's the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the
0: more it, I'm looking at it now, the more like Dark Knight
1: Rises it looks. I mean, it's just it's Black Panther fucking shuts down New York City. So, um, uh, yeah, man, I'm just keen to see what... Uh, I mean, look, I've seen... Um, oh, I can't remember what the movie's called. 47? 40, with Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, which is fantastic. Um but yeah, I'm really keen to see how he plays kind of like a more straightforward cop or detective. So mm.
0: yeah, um it looks it looks it's worth checking out, I think. It, it's definitely it's got a smaller budget than what uh the Russo's most recent projects had. But um that's okay. It this this is actually a good trailer. It's I actually I also like the 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 logo, how they've got like the, the city in the background of like the text. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my apologies, cool the, movie,
1: the movie I saw was 42, not 47. Ah, he played Jackie Robinson. So. You
0: were close, you were close. I know, we'll, I know. We'll, we'll cut you some slack. <laughs> um, look, man, the the, pos- the biggest news, though, I think is a film I've wanted it's to not, talk about on the it's podcast. It's not the
1: biggest, it's not the biggest news. What do you think is the biggest news, then? I don't know, I don't know. Like, we'll It's definitely the this. most talked about. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, one of our reviews or two, both of our reviews. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, But
0: okay, well, it's been making a huge splash. Um, The Sonic the Hedgehog trailer dropped. Um, I've wanted to talk about this on the podcast many times going up. But I've avoided talking about it because a lot of it's speculation, a lot of it's leak stuff, and and I know you wouldn't be interested. But you fucking have to talk about it now because we've got a trailer. Rule. What's um, my
1: rule, Matt? No speculation, no leak shit, right?
0: Uh, we're loose with that rule, but um, yeah. Look, let me hear your thoughts first. What do you what do you reckon of this trailer? we're actually before that. What's your relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog? Do you ever yeah, play we- any games or anything like that?
1: I think we talked about this when we talked about the poster because we did talk about the poster briefly. Um, I have no history with Sonic the Hedgehog. So mm. zero, I have no, and you know me, I'm not very precious about properties, existing properties, yeah, uh, or adaptations about them. Like I don't give a fuck what you do to Star Wars, just make it interesting, make it not boring. Mm. I don't give a fuck what you do to Avengers, just actually, you know what? Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like when you set up when you set up a twenty-two movie arc, then I give a shit. But I mean, not really, yeah. not really a, an adaptation like this, you know? So. Um, yeah, I have no history with Sonic the Hedgehog at all, so I'm coming into this completely blind. What about you?
0: Um, I like Sonic, actually. Though I don't think I have the attachment that a lot of Sonic fans have. I'm not. As, I'm not a hardcore fan. I was always more of a Mario guy. I've always been. An, I was a Nintendo loyalist. But my cousins owned like a Sega, the old school ones. I played the 2D nice. ones, and I feel like they were never as good as people thought they were. I never saw him as a threat to Mario. Um, I remember going to Sega World once in Sydney back when I was really young.
1: <laughs> oh my god, um, I missed that.
0: Yeah, like my memories are very vague, but I do remember thinking it was the coolest place on earth because it's like it's a theme park but with video games. Like, yeah. Oh indoors. my god, bring it back, man! Um, uh, but I really did get into Sonic um, around the GameCube era, right after the um, Dreamcast died. When I got Sonic Adventure Two Battle on the GameCube, and holy nice. hell. Um, what I loved with those games, it was, it was a great platformer, um, but, like, the way they'd use cinematic storytelling to, like, put a story around all this, it was really cool. Um, and then ever since then, I feel like he's been very hit and miss. He's had some of the worst flops and games ever. Sonic Boom, Sonic 06, notoriously some of the worst platform games of all time. But he's had some good ones, too. Sonic Generations is particularly great. Um, and, and Sega, they love their Sonic, and they always try to do big things when it comes to, like, um anniversaries and stuff so they would have put a lot of um salt into this into this film um but a lot of the steps along the way to me got me a little skeptical the the poster the the, the stuff about redesign um but the one thing that sort of kept me going was i love the idea of putting um oh, i forget his name ben um Ben Ben Schwartz as Sonic, I thought was great casting. (coughs) And if you put Jim Carrey in a movie, I'm going to pay attention.
1: Um, So now let's talk about the trailer. Can we you just put first. this out there? Let's yeah. let's put this out there right now cuz like I mean we're we're both we're getting into the trailer now. Jim Carrey is the best part of this, right? Oh, 100%. Like without a doubt. <laughs> um,
0: and, and, and and it's not just that it's Jim Carrey, it's old school Jim Carrey. It's yes. he said he would never do a goofy character again and so when I heard he was going to do this, I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to be the Jim Carrey I know and love. He's going to probably try to make it really serious something. No, Jim, Jim, it's it's like it's like we've gone back 15 years. He's acting like the Jim Carrey that we grew up on and Ace Ventura shit. Yeah, and like, that thing where he like he moves his head like a robot, and he starts speaking really fast. It makes no sense. It's so surreal. It's so cartoony, but it's also so Jim Carrey, and so it's funny. And um I think I have a feeling that like he probably had a really bad script to work with, but he They're like, it's Jim Carrey, let him do his thing. And he probably like worked his way around, improved a lot of this stuff. And I'm telling you, every second he's on screen will be the best seconds of the screen. Um, I don't know if you want to make a bad guy this likable though. Um, (coughs) He's awesome. But tell me about the rest of the- What do you you reckon about everything else, man?
1: Well, this looks almost exactly like the plot of uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's movie, Paul. (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, like the, uh, I would like, not have made that comparison, but yeah, if okay,
1: you, I see. If if you go to IMDB, the synopsis is a cop in a rural town of Green Hills will help Sonic escape from the government who is looking to capture him. Like, mm. come on. Uh but yeah, man, like it I uh, I mean, honestly, I will I, I probably won't say this. Like I <laughs> I'm just that bad? I'm good. I'm not no, no, I'm just not the audience, I think. Um I'm just not the target audience. It, it. I mean, if anything, I'll see it for Jim Carrey, but probably on Netflix. I'm not rushing out to see this or anything like that. Um, I don't give a shit about the CG. Like, I mean, look, it's it doesn't look amazing. It doesn't look terrible. Uh, it's it is what it is. You know, like hmm. uh, it, they they they're going for a certain aesthetic here. So with a character um,
0: like Sonic, there's only so much you can do. Like the, the the biggest weird thing to me was when I first heard about this film was. They're mixing live action with CG. And I was like, that doesn't seem like it's going to work for Sonic. But then we saw a trailer for Detective Pikachu. And I was like, well, if they pulled it off, maybe these guys can. And um, I'm not saying they failed, but like, it's definitely a different tone and aesthetic. Like, <coughs> Detective Pikachu, there's some form of realism here. Here, it's like they're, they're trying to do a cartoon. Like, this reminds me of that, that movie. Um, Did you ever see- Rockin' Bullwinkle.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, f- here I thought I was original and everything. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very like, it's like they're trying to make a cartoon come to life.
1: Well, that and they play like a, like they use like an actual big name as a villain, right? Like in that movie it was mm. Robert De Niro. Yeah, right? That was not a good movie, by the way. It wasn't. Um, and I wish
0: I could think of a better example, but I feel like, to be honest, a lot of those films that try to do that stuff often fail. Um, I can't think of any great examples where like I guess you could look at stuff like Scott Pilgrim where like it knows what it is and stuff, but like this isn't the same world as that. Like this is like they're literally trying to be like like Scott Pilgrim like a, is a is a film with real people with like a cartoony aesthetic, but this is like they're mixing like the cartoons with people I mean, who are also trying to act like
1: cartoons. You can also look at uh, I guess probably the best example, right? Who Framed Roger Rabbit?
0: Yeah. Maybe. Um that's sort of that sort of works. Um I still think, yeah, Rockin' bullwinkle's best, because in that even the people are cartoons, you know? Like But yeah, it's it's definitely odd. Um uh, but going through this real quick, um not that we want to spend too much I I'd still think the redesign's a little funky. Like when you see him from behind, he looks a bit too human. And sometimes his proportions look a bit. Odd, but I don't think he looks that bad, honestly. Like seeing him in motion, <coughs> um, and I'm not attached to the eyes. Like a lot of Sonic hardcore fans are really upset with the I way know, they do just his fuck. eyes. Calm but down. I think it actually it looks more believable in when the eyes like this. I mean, and it's I think, a blue hedgehog. Yeah, uh, <laughs> supposedly <a> hedgehog, but <laughs> but um, the when you see him actually move as the ball, like where he spins with the electricity, I think that looks actually fucking awesome. Um. I think if they pulled off anything it's that uh besides Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Um and in the in the later games he had all these like little robot machines like he would fight and they actually had him like run from the government in one or two games. So they've technically been pretty accurate. Um but a lot of the jokes are pretty miss for me to be honest. Um I'm uh I have a feeling this movie's not going to be very funny, and they're going to try to be. But maybe we're not the audience. Maybe this—maybe they're going for even a younger market or something. Like, probably right.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course. Mm. But <laughs> like, like they, mean, we are not the target audience for yeah. this, dude. But they got the mistake. They—they've they, tried to put what
0: nostalgia they can in. Like, there's uh there's the sound effects, there's the rings. Um, I have a feeling this like missile scene, um. It's probably going to be some sort of musical number or something, just by the way he's hitting things. It might be like a cool, like, Quicksilver from X-Men type scene. Um, so they could they could do some fun stuff with this. Um, and at the very end, for any purists out there, you get Jim Carrey bald with a cartoony mustache. So you're, you're technically not allowed to complain about how he looks. Um, yeah, like, I, I'll see this day one, just because, like, you know me, if a movie is really terrible, I'll love it for that reason. Um but also like, I'm I'm low key rooting for this film. I don't know if they're going to pull it off, but if it's a good film, and I mean like 6 out of 10 or higher. Um uh, like my bar is not that high. Um for a film like this because I'm expecting a film like this to fail. It's Dude, also a video game adaptation. They never do well.
1: I'm I'm rooting for every film, man. Like I mean like I think us as as film lovers, like we're never really hoping for a movie to fail, right? Yeah.
0: Um yeah, but to be honest, I expect, like, I read online about less than a week ago, they did a screening of this trailer Um, somewhere, I can't remember where it was at, I think it was at some video game convention or something, and um, there were th- the people who had seen it wrote descriptions online, and people were saying it was really, really bad, and reading the description, it sounded terrible, but watching it, I'm not saying it's great, I'm not even saying it's good, but it's... Not as bad as people made it out
1: to be. It's exactly what I expected, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. Wh- I expected what did, you, it to what be did worse. you think we were gonna get? <laughs> yeah, I actually oh, expected, okay, expected it to be worse. worse. Oh, yeah. right, right, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you know, I think this could be fun. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, like I'm just really stoked to see Ben Schwartz. Am I saying his name wrong?
1: No, that's right. Ben Schwartz.
0: Yeah, Jean ralphio yeah. I'm I'm really stoked to see him doing this voice because he's the only guy I can really imagine pulling something like this off. I don't without yeah. Um and shout outs to Jim Carrey's mustache as well. That's totally. <laughs> that's a laugh. <laughs> that's a laugh and a half. Um, okay, let's move on. Um God damn. You know what? They're working a Mario movie too, and I just know it's gonna smash this. Um uh I can't wait to see this. I can't wait like six months time or whenever it comes out and what and we can just talk about how this racks up against Detective Pikachu, because it looks like they're both going for the same thing, sort of.
1: Honestly but they're both I'm barely sold on Detective Pikachu.
0: Yeah. Dude, I think you're gonna be surprised yeah. by that film. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna have a lot of heart and I think it's gonna blow people away.
1: I think so too, but I'm just like I don't I don't know. Uh, let's let's see how we go. It's definitely going to eat into Endgame's budget, though. Oh, sorry, box office, though.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, which, by the way, we should mention, Endgame is doing insanely well. It's broken, like, every record you can think of, I think, right now. Because um, it's just its first weekend in the US. We saw it a bit earlier. So it is kind of funny seeing, like, talk show hosts and stuff making jokes about now, because it feels like an old film for me. But, um. Yeah, what? man. So
1: well, let's while we're here, let's let's get into a couple of specifics about Endgame because they're actually really fascinating. Okay. Um, no movie ever has ever made a billion dollars worldwide uh, over the first weekend. Uh, this made one point two, which insane. is insane. Yeah, wild. Uh, so currently, worldwide, it's sitting at one billion four hundred eighty-one dollars uh, ninety-nine thousand seven hundred ninety-five. So. Already, dude, <clears throat> fucking juggernaut, dude. Like, like it, it is... <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it, it broke just so many fucking records. Number one, worldwide openings. Number one, foreign opening weekends. Opening single gross. Single day Friday. Single day Monday. Single day Saturday. Tuesday. Sunday. Non-holiday Monday. Like, it's all... Dude, it's all up there. Like, opening weekends, number one. Like, that's if, fucking... If
0: I remember correctly, I heard also... Um- I think it tripled the pre-sales of Infinity War, which already had broken records.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was something like that, man. But like fastest to four hundred million dollars. Like, I mean. Damn. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's it's wild. Um
0: and another thing, like from first hand experience, the way I've experienced it, um, some people I know probably weren't in a rush to see it, right? Um, and then the day I saw it in the morning with you, like we took a day off work, um, we saw it post about it online, everyone's talking about it online, and then I get a call from my friend, and it's like, "Fuck, I wasn't gonna go see it for like another week, but um, can we go see it tonight um because i have everyone's talking about it. I don't want spoilers, I have to see it and I was like, "All right, fine, so I saw it twice in one day, just like you did as well um and then I saw it again uh a, like a day later. I saw it three times in seventy two hours so I'm, I'm clearly sick of this film now, <laughs> um, but that's what it is. And, just cause it, and that second, that third time was because someone also texted me going, shit, I've got to see it before I get a spoiler because everyone's talking about it now. And that's how much the word of mouth just affected me. I'd only made one plan to see it, but one turned into three screenings uh, before the weekend even came just because of word of mouth.
1: Dude, I was just at soccer training and these, like, these boys, they're not into movies like we are, but man, like, even them, they're just, they're like, holy fucking shit, it was wild. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're they're dragging their girlfriends to go see it and shit. It's just, you can tell it's just a phenomenon.
0: My personal trainer, who also isn't a movie guy, um, loved it so much, he saw it again the next day. Yeah. And then um, the day after that. We were just talking spoilers in the middle of the gym, and I didn't realize what we were doing, but we are talking really loudly, and we got a lot of dirties, and I'm pretty sure he made a lot of spoilers for a lot of people in that gym that day. Um, Right, right. But you know what? I actually love the fact that this is happening because I want a culture to be created where people want to see movies on opening day because, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, the best way to experience a theater uh, movie is in a packed theater with everyone there. Right? Because that way, if it's a horror movie, you get everyone screaming and scared at the same time. Yeah, it's we're a eating comedy, into our the review, laughs yeah. are bigger. It is just so much more fun. And I yeah. wish more people would do that. And yeah. um, I understand Spielberg when he criticizes things like Netflix, because yeah, like it is nice to watch it by yourself. But for like, major releases, like some of these films, they're made for an audience, you know?
1: I've, uh, I've got a question for you. And just very briefly, let's not spend too much time on it. Do you think it's going to break Avatar's record? Avatar What's is sitting on one on two point seven billion dollars. Uh, Avengers Endgame right now is on one point, nearly one
0: point five. Oh, it's possible because, like, when I think about it, Captain Marvel, hit a billion in like what two or three weeks, and that Something had like that. nowhere as much good press as this film does.
1: Well, we're about to get a new trailer for uh, Spider Man Far From Home this week, so that should push more for it.
0: They also said. Um, they also say um, they're not announcing plans for phase four until after Spider-Man homecoming. So right. maybe that means there's some sort of link connective tissue there. Um, and then, yeah. So I think, I think there could be something going on, but it's probably going to tie into end game to help promote that as well. I think they're going right. for the avatar spot. Do you think it's got a good chance of beating avatar?
1: Um, I think. I don't know, it's kind of unprecedented, like, you, it's tough to uh, kind of look back at the history of this thing and be like, oh, maybe, because this movie didn't do that much, but probably, I mean, it'll come, it'll come damn close, man, if it made a billion dollars over one weekend, and interest is still high, then yeah. Jesus Christ, you know, like, it's probably going to come very close, it'll definitely beat Titanic, it'll definitely beat Star Wars mm-hmm. Force Awakens.
0: It, the, the reason why it's, it, I think, it's hard to tell, is because the reason Avatar did so well, you have to remember, it wasn't because of the film itself and the franchise and the IP, but it also had um, a novelty aspect. It was the first majorly promoted 3D film. Um, it was also and it was re-released. Made for that.
1: Sorry. It was also re-released.
0: True. It was. How how much after was it
1: re-released? Uh, about mm-hmm. when I was at Hoyt, so about a year or so.
0: Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, And you know they're going to re-release it when they go to put out Avatar 2. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think it's got a chance. I don't know if it will, but I think there's a good chance. If any film has a chance, it's Endgame, for sure. Unless, yeah, I don't even think Lion King would do it. Let's move on. Um, Look, that kind of covers all the news and stuff, but before we move on to our review, um, let's talk about the latest episode of Game of Thrones, have a discussion Full spoilers, if you haven't seen the new episode of Game of Thrones um, and you haven't seen Endgame, you should definitely stop listening because from here on out, we're talking spoilers about two of the the biggest, the, definitely two biggest film events of the week, but um, probably of the month, if not the year, um, in one week. Yeah. So um, the latest episode is titled, what was it called? The Long Night. The Long Night um so
1: there's I'm, a lot to say going to, yeah there's a lot to say there's gonna be a lot there's gonna be some music here like there always is with spoilers so um yeah definitely uh peace out if you're not interested or peace out if you're one of avoiding spoilers because here comes the music and here come the spoilers
0: this episode was a big one. It was our first like battle sort of episode of the season, uh, the final season. Um, Overall thoughts. What what do you reckon?
1: Um, So when I was watching it, I was definitely loving it. I was definitely like into it. I was just like, man, I am, I'm invested. I'm, I'm so keen. I'm ready to go. I was very hyped up for it. Um, And like when, (laughs) when the Night King died, I was like, fuck yeah. I was just (laughs) so pumped, dude. Uh, I, I was not like that. I was like, what? You're yeah. okay. Well, I was just like, when the episode ended, I was just like, that's it? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, is that is that honestly it? <laughs> it it's um, funny.
0: Audiences are really to split. A lot of them are calling it anticlimactic, while it some is. are calling it like in my amazing. Opinion, it
1: is. Yeah. In my opinion, it is, dude. And, like, I think the best way to kind of, like, talk about this episode is, I mean, I posted something in The After Party, by the way, guys. The After Party. Go check us out. Facebook. Um... <clears throat> I posted something in The After Party and, man, it got a fucking overwhelming response. Like, I was like, holy shit, man. Like, there are a shitload of people commenting. We're not going to get to every single comment, unfortunately. Um, but I think the best thing to do would probably be to, like, maybe read, like, a couple out and see whether we disagree and then, like, kind of, like, like branch off from there.
0: I think that's a great thing. Um, yeah. Also, um, yeah, The After Party is our Facebook community group if you're not part of it. Definitely join it, um, as well as liking our Facebook page, uh, because when you hear us read out comments online, it's probably from this, and uh, we love communicating with you guys. So be a part of it, be all about it.
1: So, um, as a, as I commented, thanks for commenting, dude. Oh, uh, sorry, is this the goat post? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go on. So he said, "Dude, great CGI, no substance in the story. The fact that somehow the main character survived the dad plot armor much, hated it." <laughs> Hated it. Looked good, but that was the accumulation of seven seasons, and literally, the Lannisters were more ruthless with the Tyrells. Dude, I'm gonna have to say I 100% agree. Yeah, 100%. To be honest,
0: and I'm surprised other people didn't feel this way. I expected that going into this.
1: Um, Why? Why did you expect that? Because
0: I think I think like the big three or four. Like I think Peter Dinklage, like Jon Snow. Daenerys, cersei at least those four they're going to be in the final episode for sure or at least three or four of them um three of those four um i think there were some important ish deaths but i don't i never i didn't expect us to get anyone massively killed that early i don't think it's gonna be like a slasher film where one important dies every episode or something like that um also, beforehand, I had a conversation with a friend, and we're trying to, like, guess where the series goes, because we got two episodes full of talking, preparing, and if we have this big battle, like, we sort of agreed with each other, um, there's only two ways possibly this series could go. One, they lose this battle and then they have to all like retreat to like another location. Like maybe then they go to Cersei or or they go somewhere south and they regroup to have like a second fight, which would be, and then i will just be like an episode of them recouping and fighting. Or they somehow beat the Night King, which didn't seem very likely to be honest. And I guess I was wrong. Um, But then it was to focus the rest of the season against Cersei and that, which would mean the only- like, from a plot perspective, purpose of the Night King and the dead was to unite everyone, unless there's, like, a third thing, which is, like, they're dead, but only for now, and they come back later, but I don't really see that happening. I think the purpose of it was just to unite everybody, but that does feel a bit lame too.
1: I'm going to have to disagree. (laughs) Um, Yeah? I think there definitely should have been at least one major character death. Uh, like this is not Game of Thrones. Like this is, give me a character death. Like it, it's there's no consequences otherwise. Like sure you can kill off Jorah. Sure you can kill off uh, fucking Beric Dondarrion. You can kill off Theon. Theon was probably the biggest death. Um, that was an awesome death by the way. His arc mm-hmm. ended so well.
0: Really great. Actually, um, a lot of arcs um, right. have been, like, coming close right. to ending.
1: But I need another death. Like, this is not the same show where in the Red Wedding we get fucking five major uh, deaths. Okay, no,
0: I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because here's a perspective from someone who didn't watch that, the Red Wedding, along with everyone else. Like, So I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones. The second it came out, thought it was lame, stopped watching it. Five years later, don't oh no, know five or six years later, I watched- um, Everything back to back to catch up, and I knew when the I didn't really know when the red wedding was coming, but I knew the red wedding is like the episode everyone talks about. So many important characters die, but then when I saw the deaths, there were no characters I considered very important. I don't think any of them no, had major <sighs> elements to plot. I wasn't attached to any of those characters who died, and then with the purple wedding, it was just Joffrey, um, who like. I guess how, you know it seemed like he had it coming. I don't think Game of Thrones is so crazy and deaths as people out to be. I think it's just like almost The Walking Dead, where major characters mostly died premieres and finales and mid season premieres and finales, with the ex- small exception here and there. Um, Matt, uh, so I, I honestly, love you. I don't. I don't think
1: that. I love you, but hard disagree. Yeah, <laughs> especially the Red Wedding, dude. Like, I mean, that was. Rob Rob Stark, Rob Rob, <laughs> to kill off the king in the north, to kill off the guy, the main protagonist. After like the end, after fucking Sean Bean's character dies, Ned Stark. He was like, not
0: the main character. I, I still thought Jon Snow and Daenerys were the main characters, and maybe Peter Dinklage at that point. Yeah,
1: but Jon Snow was at the wall at that time doing shit all. Like, he was doing shit all. Like, he was not a part of the main battle. Like, Like, he was not- Like, he was not He was not a part of the Game of Thrones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was not a part of, like, the actual- The the actual, uh, I guess, race to the throne. And
0: Game of Thrones does have this thing where, I don't know, you could call it a flaw or you could call it realistic or whatever, where there will be seasons where a character does literally nothing. Like, I think it was season two where Daenerys just- looked for her dragons because they couldn't afford the CGI. Um, there was one season where I I it felt like Peter Dinklage, I keep hearing his characters like Tyrion. Tyrion, um it felt like he wasn't even in it in like one of those middle seasons, you know? Because he did so little. Um,
1: yeah, in uh, the books, in the books his character starts having less and less to do. Uh, but man, uh, like, dude, like the like that is a thing. Like that is a Game of Thrones fucking thing. And the fact that we didn't get it against the battle of the fucking... Against the Night King? Like, come on. Like, that's, that's such, such a cop-out. Wait, hold on. Hold on, Matt. Um, I can I can see you. I can hear you <laughs> starting to talk. No, I'm going to just agree. Like, I think... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can like, see where it are from. It's fucked up. And, and honestly, like, man, the first scene of Game of Thrones is the White Walkers. Like, it is this threat that's been building up for seven fucking years and they're snuffed out in one episode. Um, and not to it mention...
0: Is- it is funny that he dies in the first battle, pretty much. Yeah,
1: not to mention, like, we, we don't see... Like, uh, I would have liked to see him kind of, like, go up against the characters a bit more. I would have liked to see his generals do some shit. Ayo just fucking <laughs> gets around his generals and they're just standing in a circle around him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You guys literally had a hand-to-hand battle in, in Hard Home against fucking John. Like, do, show us something, dude. And by the way, let's move on from that because... The cinematography in this episode was dog shit. Like at points, well, it was dog shit. Well, like points of it was fantastic though.
0: Before we get into that, I'll, I'll say, like, I am I will agree, I was a little bit disappointed where you finally got Jon Snow, of all people, Jon Snow and the Night King staring each other down, and they're about to have a fight, and then they don't fight. Like, that's like not that's like in a new hope. Luke Skywalker not fighting Darth Vader to me. I always found that disappointing. I feel the same here. We did get that cool shot of him raising the dead instead, but, like, it does feel sad that they didn't do that. And just a new point about not killing people, you're right, but maybe- And I'm not saying this isn't a good excuse, it's not, but, like, what the show did do well is play with your expectations, like- There were many times I thought main characters would die. I thought Aya was for sure dead when he grabbed her. Um, But I don't know. Maybe- I just feel like maybe he might come back or something because I do agree with you. It is weird that this big threat was ended so quickly. Um, Uh, But going back to cinematography, I know it was dog shit, but I do think it was too dark.
1: Which is dog shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I- I guess like I did love all the memes we got like people got Game of Thrones spoiler and it's like a black screen um, the only elements of that like and this is not an excuse as well of that is I did like how we got things like the death rocky where they lit all the flames up and then just sort of disappeared in the night and I really did like um, that scene where I think Daenerys is meant to come back down like um, Drakatis or the and light up the trenches but like she couldn't see through the dark like that was cool.
1: But no, it's not that she couldn't see in the dark. It's just that like there was clouds. Like she yeah, could no, no, see no, in the no. dark, and, he,
0: and like there was a line where he's like, "Oh, she can't see us or whatever," um, because the clouds, I guess. But I I do agree. I wish it was <laughs> a little bit brighter. Um, in in like the the tech side of the world, this actually sparked up like a bit of a debate. Um, which I think is a shit debate, but it does but is worth mentioning. Um, it can be with some people's TVs and TV settings. Apparently, no. Um, because nah, the different types fly. of black, um, there, there's this, there's this um group I'm, uh, I'm in on Facebook where like they're like, oh hey, if your TV settings do this, it's actually very detailed and stuff. But like, I feel like that's a flaw on the cinematographer's side. It's like right. you should be thinking of the mainstream audience that you're presenting this to. Um, Dude, that's not like, a good
1: excuse. That doesn't fly. Like Fabian Wagner, who did, was a cinematographer of of that episode. Uh, came out and said (laughs) a lot of the problem is that a lot of people don't know how to tune their TVs properly. A lot of people also unfortunately watch it on small iPads which in no way can do justice to a show like that anyway. That's bullshit dude. You can't tell me that (laughs) <laughs> that a show is not like I mean, look at the watches on the wall episode. Massive battle scene. Yeah. Right? Like lit properly. We can see everything. Um it, it, this is not an excuse. Like it's but, just bullshit.
0: No, but I, I think like they should have thought about this being a possibility. They should have shot it in a way where people watching it on these shitty devices could have still not have it so dark. Like they like you'd think they, they know how popular the show is. They should be considerate of that. And to be honest, like, I'm one of those shitty people. Dude, you're going to slap me, but this is how I watch the show. I swear to God, right? Oh,
1: God, I'm i watched hang it up on you.
0: On my phone, coming home from work on the train for the first hour, but I didn't go home. <coughs> I went to Nando's, grabbed some food, still watching it, then walked to the gym and went to the gym and I, I finished it While I was on the treadmill. So I watched it and and, and halfway through, my earphones broke and I only could hear out of one earphone. I had the worst viewing experience. Still can appreciate the show for what it is. But I'll admit, yeah, there were some times it was a little dark.
1: Dude, I watched it twice. Both times on a fucking 4K 75 inch. And I still it was it still wasn't great. It's like, still you know, it's still pretty shit. No, yeah, it was it was fucking dog shit. And dude, Damn. okay, like let's move away from cinematography because that shit's been beaten yeah. to death. Do you want to go through some more comments? <clears throat> yeah, but I do want to say I'm not gonna beat on the cinematography too much. Like some of the shots in this were incredible. Like there are moments where the dragons fly above the clouds and you just see the moon in the background. Like that shit is badass. Like what you said about the Dothraki, fucking badass. Um but yeah, like before we do get into the comments, I do have one, another major issue that is very un-Game of Thrones. Oh, dude, okay. The tactical de- de- the tactical decisions in this fucking episode were dog shit. Someone like, else pointed this
0: out to me too, and I didn't think about it, but you're right.
1: Yeah. Uh, dude- <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> Sending out the Dothraki first just oh yeah there you guys go just you know like, like what? <laughs> just you can't even see the the you can't even see the opp- opposing army. Like you don't know what the fuck you're getting so- yourself into. Yeah. They are trying to invade you. So wait for them. Like you know mm. that's not how that's not how sieges work. Um fucking hell man. Like like and dude <laughs> when the when the white when the whites, not the white walkers, the whites, the dead. <laughs> When they, (coughs) sorry, when they finally light the trenches and the whites are just standing there, in the background you can see Daenerys lighting up like fucking whites in the background with a dragon. Dude, wouldn't you light up the fucking whites that are just like right in front of the gate first? (laughs) Like, like why why go for the guys right at the fucking back? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and and number two, man, like. Your dragons are air superiority, and in war, in battle, air superiority is fucking number one priority, number 100%. one dude. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> why do you take your two dragons to this fucking cliff and just overlook like the rest of the battle? Like, why, why <laughs> until it's too late? I don't, I just don't understand why not. Th- why not having them guard? Sorry, why not have them guard Bran instead of fucking poor little Theon the whole time? Like, I just don't. I don't get it. I, I, on like,
0: on that note, um, I the one part that I did find a bit confusing, and I, I wasn't sure if maybe I missed something, but it might be just come down to what you're saying here. But like, I feel like there wasn't many people guarding Bran, and even and he was the bait. And like, wasn't there meant to be like some sort of like tactical pullout? Like when there's someone who's bait, when the thing comes together, you last pull the night. bait out there, right?
1: Tactical pullout. Yeah. Uh, uh, ha, ha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like what was it you just expect Theon to handle the night king by himself?
1: <clears throat> right. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. Like you've got two fucking dragons. Like ah, oh, I just I don't I don't understand man like I, like there's just so many times in this when I was just rolling my eyes like I was just like why are we doing this like this is not you you have shown us so many battle sequences the probably the best example is the battle of blackwater um, amazing the, the battle of blackwater was a siege because uh, like it, it's very similar to this like you know you're holding down this castle you're holding down the city against an opposing force but it's just like Man, like the tactics they used in Blackwater, they've shown us that they were clever. That they were, um, I guess the another good example is the Battle of Helm's Deep in fucking Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Like, right, like same shit. You mm-hmm. hold back, you fucking fire them with the arrows and shit, and you you just start passing them out. You don't, oh, I don't. It's it's frustrating. And Game of Thrones is better than this. Like, it is, it it's seven seasons... like eight seasons in... Eight seasons in, it is better than this. So. Do you
0: think the reason it is like this is because it's not based on a George R.R. R. Martin, like, writing?
1: Uh, well, that is one of the big sort of complaints. I, I think David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, um, <clears throat> maybe, ma- maybe. Because like,
0: not- another complaint with the last season was it moved, like, the pacing was way too fast, especially compared to older seasons. And that was also not based on, like, a book.
1: Well, another episode that you can compare this one to is a last, last season's episode, Beyond the Wall, when these main characters go out beyond the wall to find a white and bring it back to Cersei, but only Thoros of Mere dies. Like, they make it out to this big, massive expedition where anyone can die and Thoros of Mere dies. Like, fuck off. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I uh, think they really <laughs> are- I think what they're doing is they're stalling and buying time because they have moments planned for these big characters- Not a good thing. Later on. Oh- it's, I'm not saying um, it is, but like I think that's why. I think we're going to get some moment with all these characters individually or together where you're doing that and they're seeing this as a way to stall in the middle of time. I don't want to call it filler, but I don't know. What else can you call it?
1: It just it just seems like a massive waste of this, of the Night King, of, the, of this fucking impending doom. Like, think about- <coughs> Sorry. Think about the repercussions of the White Walkers. Like- John, like think about John's story in seasons two and three. He literally had to go beyond the wall. He went to Mance Radar. He reunited he reunited the wildlings with the fucking uh the the fucking uh watches oh, watches on the wall. The the black, you know, fucking night's watch, Jesus Christ. He he united them and in the process, you know, he uh, got himself killed, number one. Like he went through all of this shit just for this. Like well, I don't get it.
0: I, I understand that you can't Make everyone—you can't please appease everyone, right? But I have this fear slash worry, and I was talking about this with someone at work the other day. Um, I don't want to say this is going to be a lost situation because it'll definitely be better than lost. But I don't—I question if everything is as well planned out. This ending for whatever the season is is as well planned out as we think it will be. Because if if it is true and the Night King's dead and the dead are dead, it's like then they haven't really found a way to tie that. Because two separate storylines: there's the battle for the throne and there's the battle against the dead. That's kind of what the show's been. It's these two overarching plots, and I think the connective tissue was, oh, they unite together to fight the Night King, which has sort of happened for some of the storylines. But then you got the 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 final villain or the final boss. If that's Cersei, that means that storyline has had nothing to do with this. And so, if they don't tie together, that's a little, uh, it's it's a little disappointing, I think. Well, I and think I look at <coughs> just real quick. I look at things like say so the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where everything, it feels, you see something happen and it feels like it was planned five movies ago because they, it, everything tied together so well. You can tell there's a master mind overarching, like looking over things. But you see these other like wannabe cinematic universe and stuff where like, it's like you can, they're clearly changing things as they go and shit like that. Like it's disappointing. Like I hope it's a bit more of column A than column B. <laughs>
1: I think um I think there definitely are seeds of planting in there. Like I'm gonna point out one thing. I did not hate Arya Arya killing the Night King. Like I did not hate that because she is one of my favorite characters of all time. So Same. And they've worked
0: hard to that she's earned that moment. They've worked hard right. to get, make developers a character right. where where we don't get mad, where we feel good about that right exactly so they've yeah.
1: laid the seeds of it like i mean you know when she's in the house of the fucking undying and she's doing all this training and shit yeah. like like they've laid the seeds there plus the cat spore the fucking dagger um that like brand gives her he gives it to her at the godswood right there mm. so that was like right at the start of the season like that's not a mistake so they've yeah. definitely planned some shit and that's um, why i'm
0: hoping that that, that's why I'm hoping that this comes back. I'm hoping the Night King returns or something Or so this isn't a wasted plot line, you know what I mean?
1: So uh, this kind of brings me to another point that Azor brought up, like, uh, let's go back to the comments. Uh, I love the fact that uh <coughs> is Azor Ahai. So Azor Ahai... Uh, this goes deep into the fucking Game of Thrones lore. Um, so let me, oh let me let me let me let me give you some some surface level stuff. Azor Ahai uh, kind of is part of this prophecy. Basically, he's kind of like this prince uh, that was promised. I guess they just made it a princess for the show. Um, essentially, he defeated the Night King, uh, and he was he's eventually going to rise up and bring a, bring forth Lightbringer, which is this kind of sword. Right, uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy, like it's insane, like this this whole thing. I'm um, I'm butchering it because I don't know it as well. I'm not I'm not a book Fucking reader. Nerds. Yeah, so he's he's kind of like this legendary hero, uh, so to speak, right? Uh, well, another but- prophecy came true, like that that eyes one, right? Right, right. Which is which was more obvious? Like yeah. that's that's more obvious. But yeah, so that's that's a thing. Um, let's just quickly just go over a couple more comments. Um, Eric Mason, seemed like this, seemed like a lot of the plot was based around this would be a really cool shot. I agree. What do you it's think? The,
0: that's what we call the, uh, Zack Snyder philosophy.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, the, the Dothraki for one come to mind. I didn't hate the episode, but it falls apart when you break it down that and you couldn't see shit. And I just posted a, <laughs> posted a gif of like Senor Chang from community. Just look at that little piece of paper. Um, <laughs> Michael Claudio, uh, this is a good one. So now that Jamie and Tyrion have survived the battle, what does Bronn do? Because don't forget, in episode one, Cersei, uh, well, Kyburn uh, gives uh, Bron that crossbow and says, "You have to kill your brothers." Uh, the the brothers, right? So Michael Claudio goes on to say, Cersei has paid him to murder her brothers if they survive the battle. Well, it is time to pay up or betray Cersei. Uh, I feel that he will betray Cersei or wait to see how the battle for King's Landing. How the Battle for Kings Landing to identify a potential winner. I think that's more Bronn's style. Um, so Bronn's kind of like I said, you know, he's kind of been set up to be this guy who'll do what pays best. But his whole arc has been kind of to get away from that and more loyalty, uh, more, more to be like a loyal sort of like friend. So the fact that he's had such a rich history with Tyrion and Jamie, I don't think he's going to betray those two. So we'll just see how that goes.
0: I have a feeling, and I could be wrong, but we might get an answer for that next episode because we've only got three episodes to go. And next episode seems to be a <laughs> big, like, we're setting up, we're recouping, we're preparing for battle. Um, Cersei's coming in. So, like, it, this might be focused a bit more on her. Um, which we got to think if that means it's just one episode of that, that means the next episode after that is probably going to be a, one of the biggest battles. Ever, and then the final episode will be either another battle or it's, like, another recouping sort of episode with, like, tying up loose ends.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, like, like, it, yeah, Game of Thrones always does the penultimate big episode, but it's just, like, they haven't talked about that final battle yet. Like, all they've been talking about is this massive, like, you know, long night battle that took them, apparently, yeah. 11 weeks to shoot, like, night shots, and it's just, like, this massive sort of episode. Oh, is that this episode? One? Yeah, that's this one, man. It just oh, feels a fuck. bit, I uh, thought it was I
0: thought it was coming up. Nope. Oh. That's this
1: one. So, Carmelita Valdez uh, McCoy. I decided to go into a clean, so to speak. Abandoned all theories, predictions, and expectations. Probably the best way to go, by the way. Um, Honestly. Uh, not easy to do with so much hype, but it made the episode way more enjoyable for me. For the pure spectacle alone, I was impressed with how they pulled it off. Some of the major characters felt short of helpful or made outright mistakes, but I never felt that it was completely out of character. It's like I didn't even recognize myself. I got pretty bent out pretty bent about particular episodes and storylines in the previous two seasons now that we're so close to the end i'm just excited to finally see how it all plays out well, that's a that's a fair fair enough like way to look at it i think maybe i'm just being a bit too picky and look i don't <coughs> I don't want to say that I hated this episode. I definitely didn't. Uh, I had a great time watching it that first time. It's just like, you know, when I put it under a microscope, which I guess we kinda of have to do, um, sometimes, like especially in a show like this that's been generally so brilliantly written. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just expecting more surprises. So I
0: know, I honestly think the reason I'm not mad at it and in hindsight I may change my mind. But I think it's because the best is still yet to come. I think they're saving all this for something really- I think we've got another big battle or a really cool betrayal or a really cool twist. or I think there's something really, really cool coming. I think it's going to happen not, not next episode, the episode after that. I just, right, I just and- feel it in my bones. I feel like it's going to make up for all this.
1: And that lines up with what Mike Grizzard says. So he says, So many of the main characters are so closely associated with Cersei and the battle for the throne that it would have- uh, and the battle for the throne—that it would have made for a strange ending for everyone to die with three episodes left. They all still die, I'm sure, but it'll be more rewarding at the battles of King Battle of King's Landing or whatever, wherever it occurs. Too much deceit, betrayal, and tears left. i, I think I, I do agree. Uh, it's just I think they were just a bit too cute with this one. Like I needed one yeah. more. Like uh, honestly, just yeah, I don't know because like think about it. John doesn't really have that much to do with Cersei. Like yeah, sure, just, she killed least, his family actually. and shit. Like, well, yeah, I mean, like, cause now, now what does he do? His whole fucking plot has been, you know, centered around this White Walker invasion. So it's fucked. Oh,
0: no, nah, I think it's going to be being King of the North. I think he's got cla- to claim the throne now. I think that's, that keeps him relevant. But, um, yeah. I think yeah. now, now's a good time as ever, ever to me go on the record <laughs> about this. And I'm putting my eggs in this bark- basket. And I could be very wrong. And you could all laugh at me about this. And most people disagree <laughs> with me when I say this. But I feel very strongly that. Um, the, in the end, no one sits in the throne. I really, I, and I think also less people will die than we expect. Everyone makes a big deal about Game of Thrones kills the its characters, but the reason it kills off characters is because it's so good at doing character arcs and then when they complete an arc, then they kill off character. They usually don't leave too many loose ends. And I feel like their goal in the writer's room isn't to kill a character off with a surprising death or whatever. I think it's about making people feel fulfilled. And then that's why killing off a person is often surprising. But I think what they're going to do is at the end, there's some sort of agreement or something where it's like the fighting of the throne is too bad. And then I don't know. I don't think it's going to end on a shot where someone's sitting on a throne. I'm probably very wrong, but I feel like it's a red hair. I feel like the whole show has been based around that. And it's make- meant to make us think one thing when they're going to do another.
1: I disagree. I just think there's there's going to be a riot if that happens. Yeah. Well, like- yeah.
0: Also, I don't think you can make everyone happy. I Also, on that point, um, if it is someone sitting on that throne at the end, it's not like a a supporting character. Like a lot. I've heard people say it's Gimli and stuff like that. I'm like Gimli. Or oh no, not what's his name? Um, Tyrion. Not Tyrion. I've heard. Uh, it starts with G. What? uh fuck! What's his name? Gentry. The- Injury, that's it. Yeah, I've heard Look, people Gendra say does that. Does
1: have some kind of claim to it though?
0: Yeah, but I'm like, I, it doesn't matter. Like the, I think from a writing perspective, it's going to be one of the main main characters. I think it's either it's John, it's Daenerys, it's Cersei, maybe it's Tyrion, maybe. Uh, but I'm pretty sure a- Cersei has a good chance of being killed by Jaime.
1: So yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But I think if it's a crowd pleaser, then it's just like not Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that's just it
0: yeah, well, that's I why know. I think it's, it's too obvious, but I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be a... like What's the opposite? Crowd pleaser. A crowd disappointer mm, if it's nah. someone who's not a main character, which is why I think it's going to be neither of those, and it's going to be like they get rid of the f- throne or no one sits on the throne or something like that.
1: To be honest, I think it's going to be Sansa. Oh,
0: Sansa's not bad. Sansa or Aya could be good
1: because can't be can't be Aya if Sansa's alive. Who said she's alive? But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. it can't be it can't be because that's not how the how the But actually it work. might
0: work if Sansa is there and like then like Aya's like the hand of the queen or something like that.
1: Yeah. Or some uh, shit. Uh probably last Actually time I in. wouldn't
0: <laughs> the of everything I said, if I'm wrong, I want it to be because Sansa sits on the throne. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, like that'll yeah. be that'll be a good ending, man. Like she's come so far, I, I dig her arc. So, um, probably last comment, Ahmed. Uh, thanks for commenting, dude. I feel like this episode was really great to watch in the moment, but when you look back, it's clear that a sh- that as the show is divorced from the books, there's been an obvious drop in the quality of writing. For me, this is like the Sand Snake storyline all over again. I I think I disagree, man. Uh, sorry, I think I agree because that that whole Dawn stuff was just so. Uh, so weirdly written Yeah, it just felt like it was just you know pushed aside so still gotta appreciate Bran giving us all that quality drone footage of the battle though <laughs> dude what the fuck was Brandroid doing I'm gonna call him Brandroid because he's an android and I'm yeah. not not taking credit for that one that's Dean from LSG Media So,
0: um, yeah I do think the biggest criticism he can give the show more so than Deaths is <laughs> the use of Brand. it's like dude make these powers relevant or your entire storyline is wasted like you better turn super saiyan or you better turn like there's theories like he's the night king or he's going to replace the night king or something like that give me something to that effect either that or give him some superpower make him shoot a kamehameha wave at like
1: the oh, Cersei's man. army, you, or some you, shit, you know? You are give him so something. far from understanding this
0: show. <laughs> no, 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 but you know, no, but what I'm saying is like, I'm exaggerating for comedic purposes, but like, okay. give him something to do with it, you know? Yeah. Watching the battle is not a plot point, you know? It's a character trait, but like, you need to make this pay off because they've done very little, unless it's just something like. I guess he did give the dagger so you could make a case that he's like been playing people like a chess, like he's seen the future. He's maybe he's actually controlling everyone. Maybe he's sort of a bit like little finger in the sense that like he's been making these secret moves that we didn't see or something, but they need to make this pay off with Bran, or they're completely fucked it. Um, Because they've been, they've been teasing shit for way too long. And this seemed like the best chance to, to do something Bran, And they didn't, um, so unless they're saving this for something else, like it feels like a real waste. Um, yeah, don't you
1: agree? Yeah, I, I agree. But it's also yeah. Uh, I just I I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like I like this whole. Uh, it just seems like a lot was wasted.
0: Well, because a lot is wasted, um, and and I I do agree. Um, but the reason I was disappointed is because I'm hoping that it's because they're saving this for something. Right, but if right. we don't get that something, if we don't get that big something, um, I, then I go back to my comment earlier that they're doing a loss. Like they don't actually know what they're doing. Like like maybe George R. Martin, like he isn't. He hasn't, like he, he's maybe, maybe he's doing a George Lucas, really good at creating characters and world building and stuff. But can he give us this ending of a story? Like it's so hard to judge something as it's going. Like, cause we don't know, we don't, if they've clearly, or hopefully if it's good writing, they know how it ends and then everything else is reverse engineered from there. But we don't know what that point is. Like if it ends on a message or something, we don't know what it is. Is it when you play the Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones is bad. So you shouldn't play Game of Thrones. Or maybe it's like um, you're you don't want to be Daenerys. Where you want power so much because absolute power corrupts and then she becomes like the mad king which is another theory people talk about or you know you need yeah, you need some the- sort of overarching theme or story that we get at the end and the whole sort of series of like has always had it. that.
1: Like the whole series has always had that. Like the whole Jon John Snow bringing the wildlings into fucking uh, Westeros. Like that's a whole thing against like fucking I guess immigration. If you want to go that far, mm, like it's yeah. a whole it's a whole thing. Like the like Game of Thrones has always had that. So it's like it it this feel this made me feel a little empty because it just it, it just looked. Like, from what I can say, it just looked good. Like, it didn't really make sense from a story perspective. It just disappointed me, and I just, yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm done with this. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, I just think you shouldn't put so much expectations to an episode unless it's a premiere or a season finale or or, or a mid-season finale no, or premiere. Game of Thrones doesn't like that.
1: Like, it, I mean, it is, though. It's what, not. What
0: Game of Thrones does do, actually, a little bit, they do... Do what a lot of anime does, where like the big action based episode is the second last, and then the next one is like recouping and setting up and stuff like that. But like they still follow kind of basic story structure and and, and character development, except it just doesn't feel the same because there's so many fucking storylines and characters.
1: But it's um, like but you gotta you gotta remember this is also the final season. Like this is the final season. Also, like we got. Uh, I believe it was season six, like we got uh, Battle of the Bastards and The Winds of Winter, both massive episodes, both amazing episodes in yeah. one season. Like you know, pretty early
0: on, right? N- or no, no, no. no they're, or both the the they're both at the end.
1: They're both at the end.
0: But it's like- well, then there you go. There you go. Then that sort of backs me up. Like the biggest and crazy shit's probably still to come.
1: Mm, no, I don't think- so. not for the finale, especially when you've got six. No, I don't think so. So
0: what, you think the next three episodes are going to be kind of quiet and not- battle focused
1: i think the next one's gonna be quiet i think uh the second last one's gonna be massive because it's the same director as this uh and i think the last one's gonna be quiet so
0: yeah that's (laughs) kind of what i'm saying yeah
1: yeah but it's like like you can't hype up this battle which they have been doing like they've been hyping this whole thing up we literally got an entire episode dedicated to the main characters that we're gonna fight in Winterfell, episode two, which is a great episode, by the way. They were going to fight in the Battle of Winterfell and all pretty much saying their goodbyes and shit. Like, you can't hype that shit up and then, like, not, you know, not deliver. It's, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're going to deliver in another episode. Like, this is a red herring or something. But you know what? Like, I will take all this back if they don't pull it off later. Like, I will be a thousand percent on your side if they don't pull out something dope. So, like- uh, I'd love to do another episode later on, looking back at all this and just being like, I was right about that. Holy shit. I was really wrong about that. And like, how much are they going to disappoint or satisfy me? Um, Which is what I said about your mama last night. Oh, uh, wow. I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> Hello, Zohem. Have you are you yeah. still there? Have you left? Yeah, yeah. I, said, I said well. <laughs> I just thought that joke was so bad that you might have uh, oh, yeah, I died for
1: a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So that, that 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 sums up for Game of Thrones this week. Um, oh boy, if you thought that was big, the next one's the biggest one. Holy hell. It's the movie we've been waiting eleven years for. It's Avengers Endgame. Full spoilers. Like, we're not even going to, like, n- pretend to not spoil for a second.
1: We waited a whole Full week and a bit. Full spoilers.
0: Yeah. We we were meant to do this last week. <sighs> we waited another week just to do this. Um, spoiler alert, Batman dies at the end. Imagine okay. Batman's replaced with someone else. Us. Those are the type of spoilers we're getting into, okay? So- you're going to have, I'm going to count to three. We're going to play a clip and then you've got no excuse. If I catch one of you motherfuckers, just like emailing me or inbox me. Ah, oh, you spoiled it. I'm going to punch you in the jaw. My fist will go through the screen. It'll come out the other end and just break your jaw. And it'll go to dust. Almost like I snap my finger. Motherfucking full spoilers, bitch. We out. One, two, three, boom. Whatever it takes. Avengers Endgame. Uh, as we discussed earlier, I've seen it three times in like th- in less than three days. Um, have you seen it three times? Or I've times seen it seen? three
1: times and I'm booked in to see
0: it again, bitch. Really? I don't know if I could, man. Like, this movie, it... um Just uh, get into it. It, get starts into it. Off, it starts off really slow. It's, it's, it's all worth it because it's building up to some awesome shit. But, um... It's 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 a heart It's not easy to rewatch. I feel as opposed to Infinity War. Still amazing though. Um, I'm just wondering: should we start this review with the big question near the end or at the beginning? Which is it better than Infinity War? Do I tackle that tackle at the end or do is I that, do you jump? Into is that, that now? really
1: a big question? I don't. I mean, like I is think. It? I, don't, I don't. We can talk about it here. I don't think. Okay. I don't think they're very comparable. So, I'm which one saying. do you think's better? I I don't know. I don't I think they're both I think they both stand up in their own right. I think in terms of rewatchability, I think Infinity was Infinity War holds up a bit better, but I think the story for this one was a bit deeper and a lot more satisfying. So um Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think I think yeah, you can't hold up a candle to them because I'm kind of really really glad that they didn't uh label them Infinity War part 1, part 2 because they are so totally two different movies. So they um,
0: are um <coughs> In fact, spoiler, within like the first They're twenty all spoilers, minutes dude. where I I just feel like it's such a big one. When they kill off Thanos in like the first twenty minutes, I legitimately thought to myself, well, where does it go from here? Oh, this is why they don't caught part two. This is a different film. And it is. Like sure Thanos does come back, but it, it definitely is a very different film. And in fact, that first hour, it doesn't even feel like a superhero film, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. It definitely feels like a continuation from infinity war i think the yeah. reason why it starts like it does which is all gloomy and dour, is like if you watch infinity war and endgame back to back there is no tonal shift yeah like there's like it is it's just like one massive film and i think that's awesome like like i think that's great like because what happened at the end of infinity war was massive and it was huge it had this massive impact on these characters and I think it's just doing a disservice to them if uh, they just, you know, palm it off and get right into the action straight away. So, yeah. I'm really, really glad it starts off the way it does.
0: It does um, It does what a good sequel should do and which, I actually, to be honest, we don't get a lot of, where they, they end on something crazy and then the film is about, or a lot of it is about um, the consequences of those actions, um, which is like how some of the best television is written honestly. So I'm really glad they did that. Um, Could they have made it a little bit shorter? Maybe, but not by March. Like the most they could have cut out is like 10 minutes. Like everything really does set up or pay off in some way. And we'll get into that a bit later, but oh man, do they have some great payoffs here? Um, Look, let's, let's, let's dive a bit deeper into it. (coughs) Give us your overall thoughts. I'll piggyback off that. And then we'll break it down by characters because, um, this film's very big on story arcs, arcs that have been ranging for, some of them 10 movies or so, um, and we should really get into that. So 10, overall thoughts. 10 movies? Oh, uh, okay. Um, 11 years? Uh, Iron Man has been- came out like what, 08? Yeah. 11 um, years. Yeah. All right. So um, lay it on me. Give me your overall thoughts. Like, obviously, you both think it's amazing. It's the best film ever made, et cetera, but-
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it's the best film ever made. Let's not go too far. I'm
0: exaggerating.
1: Let's not go too far. Um, I think it's definitely got problems. And look, I'll get into those problems as we go. But um, yeah, man, it was. uh, I, I keep using one word to describe this movie every time I see it, and that is satisfying. Like there is no part of this movie where I'm just like oh I wish they did this, I wish they did that. I'm just really glad that they give my boy Cap a great send-off and Iron Man a great fucking send-off. Like it's just these massive story arcs that you've seen from 2008 with Iron Man and 2011 with Captain America the First Avenger um just kind of come to fruition, dude, and it's just so fucking awesome. Like um <clears throat> it's inter- to me it's entertaining start from like from start to finish. Uh it's just I think I find it a bit more rewatchable, re-watchable probably, than you. Um, just because I, I, I really like the start of this movie. Um, I think the start of this movie is one of the strongest parts of the movie. Like, you can get into the whole battle and be like, oh, that's awesome. But, man, like, some of the character work and the acting, especially from Scarlett Johansson in the start, dude, like, she is just incredible. She knocks it out of the park. Same with Robert Downey Jr. I read that apparently Downey Jr. is going to get $75 million for this movie. Um,. And I'm not going to say that's a bigger
0: budget than a lot of Hollywood films, right?
1: And I'm not going to say that hey, his acting was worth 75 million (laughs) dollars, but he actually worked. He actually worked his ass off in this one, dude. It was really (laughs) cool to see like the dynamic, like the the shift in dynamic with him having a child. Um, I think the five years later stuff is going to have a lot of ramifications going forward in the MCU. Uh, Definitely worked awesomely in this movie. I liked seeing where these characters' heads were at after five years. Um, it was, it was awesome, dude. It was just such an amazing experience to watch in the cinema as well. Uh, man, just, just like the three, every time I've seen it, there's three, always three times when people would clap and cheer in infinity war. There was two, it was cap's arrival in the subway station and it was Thor's arrival in uh, Wakanda. Uh, in this one, it was, uh, cap picking up the hammer, uh, iron man with the glove and everyone arriving, uh, you know, via the portals. So, Which are in, like, the same like space of, like, 20 minutes, to be fair. Right, right. Because, like, you've built this whole thing up. Like, you've built yeah. up to this moment. So, obvi- yeah, it's going to be in the climax, if anything.
0: But and I, mean- I would say, sorry, just to interrupt, I think it's also worth mentioning, probably the two biggest laughs I've noticed were, um, that's America's ass. Yeah, and, right, um, right. The one that really, like, I'm surprised gets such a big reaction, honestly, is, what? Back to the Future is bullshit? Like, that kills every time. Even in front of audiences, I feel like, wouldn't even give a shit. Kills.
1: It was awesome, man. It, it seemed like the, the footloose moment in Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> It but never better, was. Uh, but, yeah, like, there just an amazing, amazing experience. Uh, and, uh, honestly, uh, sometimes, man, I'm just, like, reminded this is why movies exist. Uh, like, I was listening to Kevin Smith's review of this movie, and he talks about- um, <clears throat> he talks about, he's like, Of course, I'm going to suck it off. It's Marvel, you know? Uh, he's like, You guys never hear about the things that I hate because I just keep, I don't talk about them. Like, I talk about the things that I love. And I'm like, Man, Kevin, I love you, dude. But, like, <laughs> he talks about, like, how this movie makes him feel like how he felt going to the movies before he picked up a camera, before he became a filmmaker, before he saw how the sausage was made. And, like, I mean, look, I think in our. Uh, you more than me, um, you know, we're a bit more knowledgeable now in film, how it's made and stuff like that. And I think movies like this, movies like Infinity War, they just transport you back to a time when you're just a child, when you're just wrapped up in all of it, man. And, like, I, I'm i always going to be chasing that high. Um, like, it, yeah. it's it's, it's just a fantastic feeling. Oh, on
0: uh, that note, like, the, the thing where I, I struggle to find other people who – I like when with that. It's like the more I know the sausage is made, admittedly, the more I can criticize some films, but also the more I can appreciate when things are done really well. Um, and this is another great example of it done well. But yeah, I have to fully agree with you. Like I see Marvelville movies because I don't feel like a kid again. Like I'm the only one of the very few people I know who knew who vision was before age of Ultron. Right. Like that's when I saw him come on screen to life in the theater i jumped out of my seat and clapped and everyone looked at me like i was a weirdo right like and of course i have moments like that with these last two films cuz they're just so amazing but um there's not a lot of films that can make you that excited and uh you know that's that's what life is you know it's about chasing those really emotional moments and and movies can be so emotionally manipulative in a great way, where they can bring out these emotions within you. And um, <coughs> this movie does it all. It has the laughs, has the sad moments, it has the happy moments, it has the has the crying because you're sad moments, it has the crying because you're, you're happy moments, and um. That's awesome. Was uh, there anything else you want to talk about overall before yeah, we move just, on? Yeah,
1: just quickly. This is one of the only movies to nearly make me cry in a cinema. <laughs> First time I watched it, uh, I didn't cry with you. Like I was like, uh, I was. I guess I was still processing it. But the second time I watched it with my brother, because like this, I've experienced this whole journey with my brother. Um, like uh, I remember. Sorry, t- I have
0: to interrupt you. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that um, Zoheb is a fucking liar. He cried his fucking balls out. He had tissues. Um, He snorted all (laughs) over the place. He actually like screamed. He he audibly screamed out very loud. Why did he have to go? Everyone turned around and shushed him. He he was such a crybaby guy. He actually had to buy him a new t-shirt afterwards because he had drenched his shirt in so many tears. This guy, ladies and gentlemen, is a complete and total bitch.
1: Uh, Not true. (laughs) Um, I just, like, I I, I can't remember which episode I told this story on, but I remember uh, it must have been the Infinity War episode because um man like the first time i watched avengers uh me and brother watched it and like we watched that incredible scene with thanos and i was like just wait in a few years this guy is going to be doing this and this and this because i had done my research like i hadn't read any comic books or anything about it but i was like man this is what they're building up to that's epic so me and my brother have been just going through this journey and like you know we watched man just 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 watching cap finally getting what he deserves like that to me was just I knew it was coming. Like I, I had a feeling it was coming. I called it. Like remember, in a few episodes ago, I called it. But it's just like it's it's the it's the execution of it. And I was just like, to have that as your final shot, as your final scene, uh, just home run, dude. That's I'm, that's the end of my thoughts.
0: I'm glad they did do that because um, it you can tell Disney they put all their their, their eggs into the Iron Man basket. Like I think they acknowledge Captain America is really important, but like the Russo brothers, they, they've always had a clear love for Captain America. And he he, he is the default leader. Um what I think is amazing is like back when I used to read comments hard, I always thought Captain America was corny, I thought he was lame, I thought he was dumb, and now he's my favorite Avenger. But like I'll tell
1: you the- why. Because why? he's he's the Superman of uh of Marvel. And I'm not talking about in terms of power level i'm talking about in terms of morality and the way he handles things like he's always the do-gooder he's always the good boy the goody two-shoes well and and i think um i think uh fucking i I think they just pulled that off man i think chris evans just pulls off the stoic the stoicness of 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 captain america just so well
0: the thing is with me with someone where like i know it's hard to believe because i probably come across as a complete scumbag but i really hold morals I really I really hold morals as like a really important thing in people's lives. And it's a good and the the more moral moralistic I think you are, the more I think you have good morals, the more I respect you as a human being. And I want there to be more hero characters who are like this. I think Superman and Captain America, they're the people that we as human beings should aspire to be. Um and so I really get bugged out when people are like oh I don't want to you know that character's boring because he's such a goody two-shoes like no like you're supposed to want to be that that's the point of a superhero and it really disappoints me when films can't do that like again it comes back to what we were talking about the last it was last episode where I was like the x-men cyclops should be the main character and as a lot of people would say oh no but wolverine's more interesting because he's he's more of a badass it's like yeah that's the easy route like with superhero with with action films make the character a badass but like how can you make us want to be a good person like that's what a superhero is supposed to be it's meant to be a good role model and i'm really glad that they gave cap what he needed and what i'm also really surprised about is that like yeah they always had that dangling to to, to fulfill that arc with captain america but like iron man's like his iron man 3 was like what 2013 or something like. 13. Yeah. The fact that they've managed to continue this character on and almost give him a new arc, almost in a way, and sort of close it off with this is really impressive. Um, but going to just overall thoughts. In addition to that, um, I can't believe they pulled off the time travel stuff without it being corny, without it being cheesy. Um, it took them a thousand years to set it up and make it not corny, but that's what Marvel's always done best. Like with the very early films, if you go back and watch phase one, they are trying so hard to make superheroes believable and cool without doing, without like making it crappy. Um, and hats off to them. Like it's still, you look at Iron Man one and it's like, you know, you're seeing Iron Man in Afghanistan, which is crazy to think now that he's fighting alien purple aliens, but like they made it so like, that's what made you buy it and fall in, I think. Um I liked how they gave how we saw characters more screen time than they did like in the last one. It sort of <clears> made more sense that way. Um I have a few nitpicks through some characters, uh, which we'll get into as we go through. But overall, um, really great. But my biggest problem is I think the first hour, it just moves really slow. Um, it's not even just it's like it's not even just with like what they're doing. It's also like most of the good jokes don't come in until halfway through the film. And uh, I have to be honest here, like, um, as a Marvel fan, of course I love it. But, like, everybody else, like, my, my third time watching it, I saw it with a group of five people, right? Um, there was me and four others. Four of them hadn't seen the movie before. Two of them fell asleep in the cinema. I hadn't and seen
1: this, a movie before? No, no, they
0: Hadn't seen this movie before. Oh, fuck. Right? They, uh, but two of them fell asleep during the movie. One of them, I, I woke up. because was like, dude, you're going to miss the good shit. Um, but yeah, like to think that two of them fell asleep, like that's, that's a problem. Dude,
1: that's on them. Like the movie is not fucking sleep-inducing. Well, I would, I would, I would disagree. Like the first hour, are you is, fucking kidding me?
0: When you go, when, when an audience goes in to see an Avengers movie or a Marvel movie, they're expecting comedy, they're expecting action, they're expecting fun. And this movie, the first hour. Is not fun. It is depressing, and that's fair enough. They set our like the whole point of Infinity War's end scene was to set our expectations. But obviously, it's not going to work with everyone. I worry about uh, little kids just watching make me weep. I'm curious to see because you have got to remember at the end of the day, the purpose of these movies mostly is to sell toys. I wonder what little kids are going to be like watching this movie. They're going to be so not into it at first, like. I was talking to another friend who I saw the second time, um, and she, get this, hated Infinity War. She thought Infinity War was boring, but she loved Endgame because from her perspective, it's like, it's not real. I don't really care about the, the the 3D effects and CGI and stuff. I'm here for the characters. And there's like very little character work in that movie. This movie's Pretty much all character work. So she fucking loved this movie compared to Infinity War, and I found that, like a really interesting perspective because I haven't spoken to anyone who had that who thought Infinity War sucked, you know, um, or thought it was boring. Um, and she was like, "I thought that movie was amazing, um, but if I watched it again, I'd probably just want to go for last hour because uh, it was a bit slow for me. But I still liked it, but it's like not worth a second watch. In for half, it's a second watch. I'm like, that's fair, that's cool. Um, but for me, obviously, I loved it." Um, also I loved how this was a love letter to the fans. We all kind of expected that and knew that, but they, they did the, you can tell the whole thing was written around the idea of how can we go back to previous stuff and do fan servicey moments. Maybe I'm greedy cause I kind of wish they did even more of that. Like what if they visit, visit everyone's origin stories or something, but like they, they had enough of that. Like, Everything to do with the first Avengers movie where they went there was absolutely amazing. In fact, I don't know how they even technically pulled it off because that movie was shot in a weird aspect ratio, but this film did not feel weird going from bit to bit. I loved how they even managed to incorporate Dr. Stranger's stuff into there, um, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, again, all those fan service moments. Um, one complaint I've heard from some people, and I kind of agree with it a little bit kind of wish Thor wasn't fat for the whole film. Um, <laughs> it was a bit <laughs> okay,
1: but that that's super nitpicky. I do um, like the way the Russos have explained that though. Like, I mean, that's kind of like how Thor is. Like, you know, he failed.
0: Yeah. He and failed like, and he killed
1: fa- Thanos out of rage and now he's just, he's a drunk.
0: Well, failure's also been a big part of his arc throughout other films too. Um, But what's great is like cool, what's also really cool is how they were able to, still take this new version of Thor still do another new twist on it and still use him very well. And it's, I can't believe it, but he is the comedic relief of this film and they did it well. Uh, also, yeah. Another big laugh we always get is like almost anytime you see him wearing sunglasses, like <laughs> he's a total crack up in this. In fact, I wish we got more of it in the beginning just to sort of help even out the the pacing a bit and give us some laughs. Also, uh, a fan servicey thing that I've heard a lot of complaints about, but I'm kind of okay with, but I can see where it comes. Like, people just want to see Hulk smash one last time. Hulk is not violent at all in this film. I think you see one shot of him, like, throwing people off him, but that's it. <coughs> um, but it's cool from a story perspective because it's like, he finally got the Hulk and Banner to get along. Um, I think maybe the reason we didn't get a big emotional, big deal moment from the Hulk is because they plan on using him with more films. I don't think we've seen the last of the Hulk. Um, and also, it's so cool how they managed to pull off um, mixing Mark Ruffalo's face with the Hulk and it making sense. Um, I feel like maybe, yeah, it reminds me a bit of the Aladdin movie, except less weird. I'm um, probably got another million. Oh, the other thing is, I kind of wish we got a bit more Stanley. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers uh, just because I love Stan so much. Let, let's get into the the, the nitty gritty of this film, shall we? Um, let's talk about the characters number one. Uh, let's start with the big bad, Thanos. What do you think of Thanos in this film?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. I, I dug him. Uh, I mean, it- obviously they had to do something different. Uh hmm. I, I love like when you first see him, like, you know, he's he's become Farmer Thanos. Uh he's he's content. He's like, you know, I use the stones to destroy the stones. And like, you know, he's just like, I did my part. Uh there's no reversing it. Thor chops his head off, all awesome. Love that shit. Love the way this movie opens, dude. First ten minutes, like boom. Uh and yeah. then it's just like i love the whole thanos learning about his future like i love that he's like you know this is my destiny this is how it's gonna be um and it's just it's fucking awesome dude like i i love the way um you know you can make him complain and be like oh they made him into a fucking typical marvel villain but honestly no because like <laughs> he learns about his future like that that is awesome. He's like, I'm not gonna make the same mistake. I'm gonna destroy every fucking thing. Uh and it still feels personal. It still feels um it still feels awesome, dude. And Josh so, Brolin as Thanos is just outstanding.
0: Yeah. Like the reason we don't feel like that for most people is because we got an intensely personal look at him in Infinity War. Um, which is which is great. Um I'm really glad we got that. Because otherwise, if this is the <coughs> Thanos we got in the first movie. Uh, It would be definitely less impressive. Um, But, you know, they've made room for that. Um, It's just like Ant-Man and Hawkeye. They didn't give attention to one in one film, so the other one gets attention now, um, which is really awesome. Um, With Thanos, uh, I think um, I really liked him in this. I think at the end, like, it was really cool just seeing him in combat. It was so incredibly awesome. Um, I do think this sort of leads into another character, but Nebula had a bit too much screen time. Sure, she had a good arc, but I feel like her stuff kind of distracted a little bit from all the other stuff. Like, if I had to cut out anything, it might be a little bit Nebula. Um,
1: Really? Oh, man, I I don't know. I I love (laughs) Nebula in this. Or
0: just watching a second time, it's like- we keep getting these slow scenes at Nebula, which are sad, and it's like, take me back to the fighting, you know? I, I missed that a bit. Oh, that's um, so but- surface
1: level, dude. I'm so glad this movie doesn't do that. Like, we are on two different minds about this.
0: Well, because the Nebula scenes come in between the big stuff, which is them getting the stones. It, I think it does mess up the flow of the film a little <clears> bit, <throat> bit, but the-, the the saving grace of it is half of those scenes, not all, but about half of those scenes is where we get to meet Thanos again, is when we get to see him learn all that. And that's like the saving grace of it all. Um, And also, of course, it does pay off with a great scene with Nebula versus Nebula, like sort of having her choose her own destiny, which is a great moment. And hopefully that means it ties into Gamora's stuff going to um, Guardians Volume 3, which, by the way, starts shooting in 2020. Yeah, Um, I just saw that. Yeah. Um, Sooner than I I thought, to be honest. Yeah, do you have anything else to mention about Nebula or Thanos?
1: No, no, man. Other than again, both fucking great performances. Karen Gillan is fucking amazing. As actually, yeah, good,
0: good point. This is probably actually her best performance as Nebula. Yeah, um, totally. But in her, like, it's also the media stuff she's ever been given. Um. Uh with that, we also get a little bit of Gamora. Very little bit of Gamora. very interested to see where not, they take the character in the let's future. Let's
1: not go into those kinds of characters, dude. Yeah, We're not okay. we just we don't have time. Let's focus on the original <laughs> six.
0: Alright, let's let's look at the big guys. Um so the big one, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. We've kind of touched on him a little bit already. Um I I liked his like I liked him in this like the CGI of his suit better in this <laughs> than Infinity War. I thought it was a little bit too I don't know in, in Infinity War, but this like it felt a bit more return to form for the for the character.
1: I mean, um, like that doesn't really take me out of it. I'm I'm, I'm good. Like Disney have the, like Disney Marvel have their own sort of like CGI sort of I guess look. So I'm I'm fine with that shit. I don't care. Uh, but. I think Danny Junior. Like, let's talk about Danny Junior. I think he definitely, like I said, man, dialed it in for like not dialed it in. Sorry, fucking dialed it up for this particular mm. installment.
0: Yeah, um, might have been his best performance design, man. Oh, he had some really great scenes. Um, <laughs> I love you, three thousand. Mi- yeah. Um, oh, so beautiful. Um, his funeral scene is so incredibly beautiful. Uh, the second, we saw the. Uh, Proof Tony Stark has a heart, such a great callback in such an emotional way. Um, Something you pointed out to me, which I didn't realize, is when Happy's talking to Morgan, uh, which Morgan was referenced and set up in Infinity War, if you pay attention. Um, But yeah, she talks about cheeseburgers and that's like a, a reference in Iron Man 1
1: he right. says he wants it's the first the thing he wants as soon as he gets back out of the cave so yeah it's awesome man like it's just it feels special like having the director of fucking Iron Man the guy who started it all John Favreau right there uh, at the funeral of the character who started it all it just feels fantastic but w- can we can you stop bringing we didn't talk enough about Robert Downey Jr <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the scene that he has with Pepper where he talks about like Pepper's like uh, he's like what are you reading oh a book about comedy. He's like, oh, compassing. Yeah, yeah. I did it. <laughs> I did yeah. it. But it's just like his little <laughs> introspective moments, dude. Like I uh, like he was you can tell he was conflicted. My favorite scene ever in I'm talking all three Iron Man movies, uh, Civil War, everything. Everything that he had with his father. Like like yes. Downey Jr.'s yes. acting against John Slattery is fucking incredible, man. Like it's just something special
0: um that was particularly amazing for sure um it was really i love how they found a way to make it all full circle um and they used that scene for both cap to pay service to both cap and iron man's char- and robert down junior's characters um which we'll get into cap probably next but that was a so beautiful um side note i want to pull out as one of the very few people who care about the marvel tv shows this is the first time ever a Marvel movie paid homage to a Marvel TV show. Um, sure, Howard Stark is in the Peggy Carter show, but in the background we see Jarvis, who's in the TV show for Agent Carter as well, which, like, thank you for doing something with that Marvel. Just as a complete nerd dork fan, that meant something to me too. Um, but staying back in Rob Down Jr., I keep moving away from him. Um, he's incredible. He's amazing. He's the best. Um not much more I can say about that. Honestly, uh, in, in general, I loved how, and this applies to like the main six in total, how they were just able to get everyone to look and feel like they did in the first Avengers. <laughs> like when you see those um, extra scenes <laughs> that sort of supposedly happen after Loki, uh, the fight with Loki, like they felt so real. Like if you told me they filmed them back in 2012, uh, but somehow had future technology, I would have believed you. Um, that's really cool. Um, I can't think of anything else that's left to say that I haven't, other than one nitpick I have with the film, um, a bit of an ex-Machina thing going on, They made a whole big deal about him dying in space or running out air just for Captain Marvel to quickly show up and bring him down just to leave again. That felt a little, like, convenient, but we can nitpick to a cow some home. It doesn't change the fact the way how it emotionally makes you feel. But I think that's actually the weakest moment of, uh, of the film, if I had to be super nitpicky. Um, but I don't put that on Rob Downey Jr. He was amazing in this film. Is there anything else to really say about him?
1: Uh, no, dude. It's just-, it, it's just so um, You're mad at me for saying that, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think- like I'm not going to comment on it because I, I think you're wrong.
0: <laughs> I think Captain Marvel was used pretty poorly in this whole film. If we had to
1: get what, into her, uh, hold, what, Who are we talking about here? Sorry, I, I completely, I did miss that last part. Oh, um, Captain Marvel, because you're kind of everywhere. So,
0: so the scene where where they make a big deal out of Iron Man possibly dying in space, right? It's a real depressing thing. Right. She shows up out of nowhere, brings him to Earth, and kind of leaves straight away. And then, sure, we get in the end to fight for 10 seconds as well. But, like, I feel like that's a bit of a weak point in the film. Yeah, the I talked of about her. that.
1: I think I talked about that with Colin. Like, it, it's, it, it does, like, seem like that they are riding around her, which they kind of have to do. But um, think about it this way, dude. The entire plot of Endgame takes place in, like, a few hours. Probably. Think about that. Yeah, I I guess because when they're in the when they're in the quantum realm the time works differently they've technically been in there for what like an hour
0: yeah still i I don't know I I get why they did it and it's the show focus on other characters but like especially when you hype up the movie before it like you were calling her Thanos killer like that's how much they hyped her up at how important she was to this movie which i guess Marvel does like to misdirect us with expectations but yeah, I know. I kind of wish she had more to do in this film. But that's okay. Um, that sort of wraps up both Captain Marvel and Iron Man. Um, we've kind of said a lot about Cap. Um What is there more to say other than like, oh my god, seeing him as an old man, that whole heart moving moment with Peggy? Oh, brought a tear to my eye. So beautiful, won't you say?
1: Yeah, man, he's the one that I'm the most interested in because I think he's got a little bit of a deeper storyline than Tony Stark. Um, that's not taking anything sure. away from Stark. I just think they, uh, like what the Russos did with him in <clears throat> Winter Soldier and Civil War, um, and even what Joe Johnson set up with the first Avenger, I think there's just so much meat on the bone. Um to the point that I don't think they could have ended it any other way. Like, I know that we were getting red herrings that maybe cap's going to die in this, but I'm just like, man, I kind of hope it doesn't go that way. I hope he finally gets his last dance. I hope he gets to live his life, you know? Cause it just like his whole thing about like being a man out of time and missing his whole life. Like that's just tragic to me, man. Like that's just so depressing. And man, I think, I think Chris Evans just plays that so well. Like the whole stoic, the whole stoic nature of cap and, um, eventually, you know, when he becomes a leader, when he fucking wheels Mjolnir, Jesus Christ, dude, dude when he finally says, the, when yeah. he finally says Avengers assemble, when he finally leads this massive army against the the Thanos army, like it's just, it's insane. Like it's just, what a way to go. What? I'm him, so satisfied.
0: Him picking up the hammer and I, they must have this plan since Ultron cause I hinted at it then, but him picking up the hammer is one of the most triumphant moments in cinema I think I've ever experienced in a theater. Um, the second time I saw it was with a, like a really the wrong crowd. Like they seemed very disinterested with a lot of the film. And it was, it was a weird, very weird crowd, but they still cheered for that moment. Cause that's how fucking amazing that moment is. It's so fucking perfect, dude. Um, I couldn't love that more. And just the way that his fighting style, like the way he would use the shield (laughs) and hammer, like he would like deflect one off the other and stuff. And him against um, Thanos was just so incredible. And like, oh, dude, also like he had some funny lines when he got to, like him fighting himself was such a cool scene. Um, And I just love like the lines like, I can do this all day. Yeah, we know. I know. I get it. And um, America's ass. And, dude, let's talk about that throwback to Win a Soldier in the context of the Avengers movie of the, uh, of the elevator in the lift. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was a cool throwback because it's just like, <clears throat> like look at what this character's learned in the future that you guys have already done. Uh, and, and just like a, he's using that to his advantage. It's just so fantastic.
0: Yeah, and we also got that little um I'm disappointed in getting bigger reaction with some places, some screenings, but like him saying the phrase Hail Hydra. Ooh, that's so great. And they got all the actors back too from that scene. It was such an incredible moment. Um, do you have anything else? I feel like we're missing some other amazing moments, but that kind of wraps up Cap, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, dude. He was awesome. Loved him. Very satisfied with his ending. Um just Great. very very emotional. Gut punch.
0: Yeah. Um and to tie in with that too, we also had um Bucky and um Falcon who how do you feel about him passing on the shield to, to Falcon as the next Captain America?
1: I knew he'd pass on the shield to someone. Uh I honestly thought it was gonna be Bucky, but you have to remember that Bucky is also still a criminal. So there is no way he's gonna give the shield over to Bucky, who is a, a criminal.
0: A criminal with ties to Russia.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I mean, Sam's Sam's the right person, man. Like, I mean, look, Bucky is a soldier for sure, but Sam also has this introspective part of him who's just like he's running. Like, when you first time, like the second time you see Sam in Winter Soldier, he's running a fucking VA, you know, Veterans uh, Veterans Affairs. Like, you know, just kind of like they're talking about their problems and stuff, and that that embodies Captain America to me. Like to the point where yeah. he's even doing it in this movie.
0: Yes, hundred um, percent. Seeing that. Just give me a quick speculation here. Do you think the Falcon and Winter Soldier show prequel or sequel to this?
1: Uh, sequel.
0: Cool. Yeah? Okay. Do you think we're going to get a... Do you think they're going to be in the next Avengers lineup? And do you think we'll get a Captain America solo movie? All right, tell me this. You get a You get a movie. It's Captain America <clears> 4. <throat> Captain America, I don't know, some name. The Serpent Society or whatever. It stars... Um, Anthony Mackie as the new Captain America, not directed by Russo Brothers. Are you still excited?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see where they go with this. I don't think I'll be as invested, but I'm, I'm keen to see where they go. Awesome. Let's move on.
0: All right. So let's talk about uh, Chris Hemsworth's Thor. Um, let, me, let, me, let me say something about Thor, which I didn't catch until my second screening. Because I don't know what it was, but my, my second screening, it just felt like the- the audio mix of the dialogue was just clearer. Um, I was a little bit, I thought at first time watching, I thought it was a bit sudden how he handed it off to Valkyrie, uh, Asgard. But then like I, I picked up, like he's seen with his mother, she says to him, uh, what is it? It's like, "Uh, we all fail at the person we're supposed to be. Now you have to like be the person you are or something. And he says like the exact words to her. And like upon my second watching, like that actually like really made sense for his whole arc throughout all the other movies. Because he's always been like become King of Asgard and it's been like really challenging for him. He sort of gets there at the end of Ragnarok. And then with this film, um yeah, I thought that was like a really interesting way. And the way they set him off, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think he's gonna be in Guardians Volume three now?
1: Yeah, I do. Because be I, cool. think, I think seeing Chris Hemsworth under, direction, under the direction of James Gunn, that'll be something special.
0: Yeah. Something we do know is Chris Hemsworth's been very vocal about this. His favorite Marvel movie that he's not in is Guardians 1. Um, and clearly he went to Marvel and goes, I want to do that. And that's why they made Ragnarok with right. Taika Waititi. Let's- I think they wanted to try and keep him on as much as possible. So right. you can see these last few films, they've wanted to take a more comedic route. I think in this film, he's- Really funny. Let's, uh, he, let's he get saves off that. this film.
1: Let's let's get off that and like let's let's talk about Thor as a character because we're bur- yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, burning that's what, time.
0: That's what I'm saying here. Like yeah. in this film, he's he's really funny. He 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 helps keep this film interesting in parts where it could fall off. I feel.
1: I don't. Yeah. I mean, like he is funny and stuff, but like I said earlier, dude. Like I think he's um, I think the consequences of of, of what he's done or I guess failed to do in the first movie uh just weigh so heavily on him he's always been out of the main i guess four including banner he's always been the most childish and that's always been kind of like an arc that he's kind of had to overcome like he's always been very brash very like you know uh temperamental i guess if you want to say that so for him to kind of like go off and be this drunk and like honestly you can see it when when Banner says the word Thanos under 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 his roof and he's like, Don't you ever say that name, man, Hemsworth is fucking outstanding in that moment. I've Nick. never seen him like that. Like Hemsworth right. act like that. Holy hell. Yeah, but it, it just it's so there's just so much weight to it, you know? Like it it feels like that there are, there have been consequences. You can laugh at him being fat, you can laugh at him being a drunk for sure. Um like that's that's definitely not done uh, you know, coincidentally, like you know, accidentally. But th- I think the Russo's and St- uh, Mc- Marcus and Mcphelia are definitely like showing us something here. Like it's kind of like this effect yeah. of, of, they've of done something. a really
0: good job with Thor, even in Ragnarok where yes, it's a new comedic take and he's really funny, but they still keep the character moments very there and they still are true to the character in all aspects. Like, you know, they've, it's really incredible character work. And I, I guess probably a lot of the credit does go to Tyker. Um, which by the way, I, I have a theory and I'm not sure if they've spoken about it, but I know with Infinity War, they said that they got directors, um, especially James Gunn and Taika Waititi, like for their characters to help write the dialogue for those scenes. And when I look at like when you first meet Thor, that feels like it was written by Taika Waititi. And when you see him on the ship with the Guardians, it feels like it's written by James Gunn. So like I wouldn't be surprised if they had some influence there. Um, but I I just really love how I'm just really amazed at how they're able to still stay these last few films. They've sort of created a new Thor that somehow still feels true to the first couple films, but still is is completely fresh and such fresh take that really does appeal to Chris Hemsworth's strength as an actor, and clearly that he enjoys as well. Um, and they can make him still so fucking badass. Like at the end, where you like. Powers up and gets his beard braided, um, and is fighting with both, um, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Like, that is fucking cool, right?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, like, yeah, that's 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 shit that we expect from Avengers. Like, man, with this movie, the thing is, like, give me something that I haven't seen before and and I'm good, like, and it does that in spades. Like, I've seen. I've seen Thor be a badass, man. Like, you know, I've seen Mm. him. Like, that's fine and all. Like, that's what we expect. Like, that's cool that it's in there, but it's just like, give me something a little more to his character, which they do.
0: Yeah, man. Like, I I did not expect to get so much time of him being emotional with his mother. Um, But, like, it did so much for the character. It's really great character work. Like, hats off to them. Um, For sure. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, we talked about Captain Marvel. Um, oh man. (laughs) Um, let's, let's talk about the Hulk, Bruce Banner. Uh, what are your thoughts of him in this film?
1: Um, yeah, I dug it. I I dug it. He definitely served a pretty cool story purpose. Um, like I, I love Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk dude. Like he did take me a little bit to come around. uh, but man, I, I just, I fell in love with him. He's got that soft, quality nature about him that just makes Bruce Banner so loving and endearing um and he's just so he's so lovable in this like you know I I could have done with a little bit more Hulk smashing like if if that if you want to do if you want to take the fucking shallow part of me and be like oh I wanted to see this like I'm you know I could have done with that a little bit more but I'm not mad at what we got like I like that it makes sense dude because he's this smart fucking scientist it makes sense that he manages to balance these two fucking egos that are fighting over his body like i it, it just makes sense
0: if we never get hulk again um it's a good way to sort of end his arc like on a pay perspective like it would be kind of cool if they made a bigger emotional deal about it if it is a send off but i have a feeling it's not um that being said i yeah, I feel like we haven't seen the last of Hulk. I feel like we will see him Hulk out again. But um I loved how much more of Mark Ruffalo's personality we got this film. Like he he's such a spacey guy. Like he he's probably stoned all the time. Um and he, and he just he, he's able to just I feel like he wasn't even acting in this film. He was just being himself, you know? Um that being said, like this film sort of made me realize like I don't know if Mark Ruffalo was the best choice to play Hulk, but they've event. I think they found a way with this film to make it play to his strength as well. Um, and sure, in this film, his main purpose is exposition that's the last thing you expect from the Hulk. Um, but you know, because he's just personality and character, he was able to make the exposition entertaining and funny as well. Um, I'd say like the second, if there was, if there was a, if, if Thor is the comedic relief of the film. Um, Hulk is the also comedic relief really for the film. Honestly, if you like this film, starts like getting it goes from good to great. Um, from the second that Hulk, or maybe like great from the perspective of like a mainstream entertainment audience, uh, from their perspective, it starts getting great the second he hands that taco to Paul Rudd, <laughs> which is such a that always gets a laugh too, and I don't know why because on paper, if you said Hulk gives Ant Man a taco. On paper, that does not sound funny, but every time it's both funny and heartwarming at the same time, there's something amazing about this gigantic beast of a character doing something as simple as just picking up a tiny little taco and handing it to a guy who's sad because his other one got blown away in the wind. <laughs> yeah. And that scene where like he's in 2012 and he's sort of like, he's like, oh, it's so gratuitous. And he just starts smashing the cars, like almost like ironically. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, always gets a laugh out of me, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Like, it's it's all there, dude. Like, I mean, you don't, yeah, for sure.
0: He, yeah, he also has it seen with the ancient one. I did not see the ancient one coming. Did you?
1: Uh, I knew I knew there was going to be something in New York, uh, but I didn't know. I didn't figure it would be Doctor Strange. But when I when I saw her, like, you know, defending the Sanctum from like the Chitauri, I was like, that makes sense. So
0: yeah. Um, and what I didn't realize until <laughs> I almost my third time watching it. That scene where he's talking with her, like that's all just setting up. Like it's sort of setting up Cap about like you know and how they have to return the stones and right, stuff.
1: It is. It totally um, is.
0: It's it's it does play part to that in like a sneaky way. Um, that's probably the most exposition heavy moment of the scene, but of the film. But again, like they do it so well. Um, and I feel like Mark Ruffalo, just the way he just delivers his lines, he's able to just make that entertaining when it fucking shouldn't be. Um, Next up on the list, I think, would be Black Widow. Now, Black Widow, this occurred to me just with the way they did a storyline of this. It just got me thinking. It just made me realize how underdeveloped she has been as a character over the last few films. She has been probably the most ignored. Like, I feel- I'm starting to feel like they gave Hawkeye more to work with, if anything. Um, That being said, ScarJo still crushes it with everything she's given. Um, Like you said, in those beginning scenes, she's- she put so much into it, and that scene of her versus Hawkeye to go over the cliff—holy hell, dude! What a fucking scene, am I right?
1: Yeah, man, it's very emotionally charged. But like, yeah, like you said, dude. Um, I, I, I think she's been a fantastic supporting character. Um, I think they've, you know, like they haven't given her that much. Uh, which is which is fine i'm not angry at that like i'm i'm glad with what we've got like the moments where she's describing like you know her interactions with the winter, with, with the winter soldier in winter soldier yeah. or in age of ultron when she's talking about her fertility for fuck's sake like yeah. um and we see like her her flashbacks like she's She's awesome, dude. Like, I like knowing, like, I like that she's this spy that we don't know much about. Like, I dig that. Like, sure, we're going to get a movie about her that's going to go into that, which is fine. But yeah. I like, I like what they did. And I like that, uh, in this movie, dude. Like, I like that she's so determined to fix the world. Like, that is so, um, such a such a hero thing to do. Uh, like you know, after yeah. losing everything, she's so determined. Like when she's having that call with um, those those characters, and she's just you can see her. She's like talking to Akoya, and she's like, "All right, what are we doing about that?" And Akoya is just like, "Well, yeah. look, we can't fix this." Speaking of which,
0: I read today um, supposedly you know how Akoya is talking about earthquake under the
1: sea. Yeah, um, I know it's a setup to something. I know. I, I, I don't well, know. yeah. Um,
0: they you know. Word is that's possibly setting up um Submariner um possibly being Black Panther two, which would be cool. Submariner personally was like one of the first superhero comics I ever purchased and bought, and he's actually one of Marvel's oldest superheroes. He predates pretty much everyone yeah. in Avengers except Captain America.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be really cool. But yeah, anyways, go back, go back. Um, uh, yeah, she's so determined. She's awesome, dude. Like she's just determined to get shit done in this, and uh, I, I like that. She talks about family and that she never had any and you know, the the her actual family are the Avengers and she dies for them in the end. You know, she's willing to sacrifice herself. Um a lot about this movie is sacrifice. So yeah, you, um, you get
0: that great line of dialogue where um I can't remember who says it, but someone says, Did she have any family? And like Cap's just like, Yeah, us. Right. And uh, exactly. and you get those little moments sort of hinting at whatever where like Hulk is the most mad when he finds out he smashes to the floor when they're talking about it, he throws that um bench away. Um, I feel like with Ultron, they they wanted to find something to give Black Widow, so Joss Whedon decided to give him a relationship with Hulk. I feel like the Russo brothers didn't like that, so they they tried to write that out, but at least they kept those little moments in there for Hulk to like sort of show that or something. Um, but I think going back to what you said, you're right, she kind of is a supporting character, but in marketing, they've treated her like a lead. Like she's in, she's there with every talk show host just so it's not a sausage fest. Well, and she's a one girl of the, there. she's the there's, highest
1: paid actress in the world. Like yeah, and she's also like
0: a major thing. But these films have never treated her like a lead. Which looking at like things, this film, I kind of wish maybe she had a little bit more screen time. Maybe they gave her a little bit more meat to work with. But she's such a great actress. She's able. You can give her fuck like like Infinity War. She's got, like, what, three seconds of screen time? And she fucking owns those three seconds of screen time, you know? Right.
1: But like you said, like, everyone who didn't get play in Infinity War got play in this, so...
0: Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Um, uh, Speaking of people who didn't get play in Infinity War, but got play in this, and really ties into um, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Um, I really love the stuff they did with his family. Like, they literally opened the film with him, Um, and they really... I think if anyone... Um, when it comes to stakes that are set up in this film, Hawkeye has been given the most, as in within the context of this film. Like, I think Iron Man and Cap, like, chill have more screen time and all that. But, like, Hawkeye kind of represents the rest of the world in a sense that he loses his family, he'll do anything to get it back. They give him a scene in the middle when he gets a chance to almost see them and not, and he gets them to end. Like, he, in a weird way, from, like, a story perspective- kind of represents the stakes of what's on board and um it's just great to see hawkeye finally get some justice as a character you know
1: yeah man um he was dude like i was really surprised that they started the film with him like like that was really cool um but man like the the journey that clint goes on like uh, man it's so refreshing to see a hero kill people and go fucking (laughs) off the rails um Mm. like when he's in 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 tokyo in that amazingly shot scene by the way um when he's fighting hero hero yuki sanada who's fucking last samurai and the wolverine he's an awesome actor dude he's in westworld as well um but yeah when he's when he's actually fucking actually killing people and like it's just like dude you have dropped so far from like what you used to be you used to be a hero in age of ultron he like talk to scarlet witch you know he talked her up he's like you know if you go out there you're an avenger like you know he's just fell fallen so so far from what he's become and it's just so tragic but it's at the same time it's beautiful like when he reunites with his family in the end so well, I really, that's
0: great i'm oh, sorry go
1: on uh, i was just gonna say i really like the, the the journey that that clint goes on in this movie
0: yeah well that's great story writing and like that's kind of why i feel like Hawkeye's is a great way to sort of like represent the film like you could if you cut out mo if you just cut if you make it a hawkeye cut the film would in some ways still make a lot of sense <sighs> and uh, structurally because they've they've given him that arc and that, that's what a, that's that's what uh like the hero's journey kind of is it's it's the rise the falls the rise again and like hawkeye's just done so well in this film um uh, <laughs> i was really surprised they did so well of, so well um also like with hawkeye his redesign is so pretty cool, man. Like, I love the mohawk- I love an excuse to see a mohawk. I'm a punk rocker at heart. I love my mohawks, man. And seeing him with the sword, like, the sword just looks so much more threatening than a bow and arrow. Like, even that scene where they meet red skull again, and he draws the sword, it's like, I'm glad he did that instead of the bow and arrow. It just looks cooler. Um, so, yeah, go hawk He He's totally kicks butt- I'm just realizing now: Is he? Do we get any shots of him fighting in the big war at the end? I can't think of any.
1: I can't remember. <laughs> there was just so There's much so going much on. Though, it's probably in the background. You know um, what, dude? Like, just a quick aside. Um, My brother, when I watched it with him, it was really interesting because he's not very much into film. He's not as dialed in, but um, you know, he loved the battle in the end. But like, as we're driving home, um. He's like, I think the battle was one of my least favorite parts, and I said, "What?" I said, "Dude, that's 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 kind of interesting because you're watching it for the characters in the story, like you're like honestly like look, the battle is epic, it's awesome, but it's just like, I I love what they do with these characters, and I love that this is the end game for most of these characters, so." you know, having my brother say that—that that was just such a proud moment for me because I'm just like I—I I think the battle is epic, man. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, and the build up to it is incredible, but it's also like I—I I love everything that came before, and I'm so glad that he did too. It's—it's
0: it's a real testament to the film, to a film when they can make the non-traditionally exciting parts right engaging. Are we done? Um, uh, with Hawkeye? Yeah, I think so. Um. Who do we got? Oh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man's a is a big player of this film. Ant-Man has the MacGuffin that sort of is the story engine of this film. Um and I feel like a lot of things I say about Hawkeye apply to Ant Man, right?
1: Uh, yeah pretty much I mean like he's kind of like the only one outside of Tony that has the, the, the family sort of element to it so uh, when he goes man I said I think I said to you seeing Paul Rudd actually do drama acting fucking awesome dude when he's like arguing with, with uh, Danny Jr like when they go to him about the, the whole time heist plan like it's just it's it's cool like I like I like seeing that side of Paul Rudd but yeah, yeah. man it-
0: you, you also pointed out sorry on that note I think it word needs to be mentioned you pointed Pointed out a really great point to me after our first screening was that like seeing him in this new context and like if you think about it also from the little bit we get in Civil War, we're seeing Ant Man with these dramatic scenes. It just it just goes to show like the writing he's getting for those other Ant Man films are just not playing to the strengths of this character or of this um of this actor. And I don't know I think the Ant Man Three, Ant Man the Wasp Two, whatever they're going to call it. Needs a new director, Peyton Reed. You're, you're not up to scratch. Um, I'm calling you out. Just Endgame just shows how much more we can get out of this character, and I feel the same about Civil War.
1: Right, right. I agree. And um, you know, I don't think Scott is given like this massive arc or anything like that. Like the, like the original six are. So, um, like he's just kind of there for, I guess, plot purposes. But uh, I do, I do like with what he like. I do like what they did with him. So he's it's fantastic. So uh yeah man like do we do we have any more characters because i had a comment that i was gonna read
0: just uh yeah rocket doesn't really do much in this film does he
1: no but i mean like dude like all the supporting characters are fucking awesome like you can just wrap that all into one (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um yeah i think that sort of uh wraps it up oh just one thing i wanted to mention i forgot to before um hats off to marvel for Being able to keep the Thor (coughs) part such a big surprise because you look at all the trailers, all the posters, everything- Thor looks like Thor from Endgame, and they really, they really caught me by surprise with that, um, that right. twist.
1: And, and like, yeah, again, dude, I agree. Hats off to Marvel for uh, keeping most of the footage in the trailers uh, of the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the movie.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and like, also, just this is, this is, I think, really funny what I noticed. So yeah, there were some shots that were digitally altered. Yeah, there were some shots like shot for the film, but you know, one shot that was only in the trailers, which. It just seems like it's a basic shot, but they made such a big deal out of it. Um, It was just of Scarlett Johansson just shooting her gun at a target practice thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I was waiting for that shot, and it just never came. There's definitely some
1: stuff that's cut out, for sure. And I think, you know, that's going to happen with a movie like this. It's three hours, dude. Yeah,
0: I I just thought that was interesting. uh, Um, Yeah, let's go to a comment.
1: I have a comment from Danny, uh, co-host Danny. Uh, So, the best aspect of any Avenger movie's boils down to diverse characters slash story interaction and end game is nearly unrivaled on that front uh, brackets. Infinity War is a close second. The MCU excellently fills out its canvas of characters with instances like Professor Hulk debating the ancient one or Ant-Man turning giant and punching a leviathan or Rocket getting verbally verbally the fuck verbally destroyed by Captain Marvel or Ant-Man turning giant and punching a Leviathan (laughs) the MCU (laughs) excels in linking together 21 previous films into a beyond epic finale that's never been witnessed in cinematic history epic is an understatement the movie only felt like a three hour movie near the end of the two plus hour build up portion right before quote the scene happens when Ant-Man punches a Leviathan after turning giant he really loves that moment listeners
0: you should know Danny really 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 loved Ant-Man yeah, that's he why he's in the artwork yeah. I know it seems he seems out plays. Danny loves Ant-Man <coughs>
1: <laughs> right right uh, but seriously I could watch Cap use his shield and Mjolnir for another hour if they wanted to go in that direction they could have shown him using Mjolnir and his shield as a daytime cooking show and it would have had been remarkable, it would have been remarkable. Uh, brackets cooking with Cap TM has a nice ring to it now that we've had a full character arc on several MCU characters I vote that Captain America has the absolute best full storyline agree agree He's nowhere near my ferret Avenger, disagree, <laughs> and I'm not a crier, but I bawled like a fire hydrant listening to Steve describe his fulfilled life with Peggy Carter after understanding what it took to get there. Uh, I don't think he did. Wait, what? Say it again? I bawled like a, I bawled like a fire hydrant listening to Steve describe his full fulfilled life with Peggy Carter after understanding what it took to get there. He uh, specifically uh, he says implies it. I wouldn't say he describes yeah, it, but yeah, he implies he doesn't describe it. it. He yeah, he holds thing to himself. Like we're just we fucking awesome dude. Like I love that he keeps yeah. it to himself. Um if you're married and that scene didn't affect you emotionally, you need to go to marriage counselling. <laughs> I'll bitch a little by saying I'm tired of movies cleaning up good writing in past movies with, quote, time travel scenarios in future installments. It's a lazy way out of finishing good plot twists. The Russo's are lucky that the movie's insane scale overshadows the immediate need for time travel to make sense, and I hope it doesn't dilute the MCU post-Infinity saga. Endgame deserves all of the success it's receiving and the mark it has carved into cinematic history. It's a love letter sent 11 years ago (coughs) addressed to the Marvel fans. It has... it had yet to win the affections of, like myself, and now I love it, 3,000.
0: Okay. I just want to address something there. Um, I 100% agree with him about, usually, about how time travel is used as a ex machina, a deuce ex machina, a simple way to unwrite plot holes or Or bad writing, or when they write themselves in a corner. However, it's usually the problem with that is usually the intent behind it. Um, In this film, it's clearly a different type of intent. The reason they would have sat down and said, let's do time travel is not because they wanted to. They, they couldn't write themselves out of this hole. No, the reason they probably killed everybody off was because, one, they wanted to give more screen time to these people, but two, they probably want... The reason they chose to do time travel is so they could give us these Easter eggs, these fan service. Marvel pretty much created... Marvel Studios pretty much created the, the modern-day version of an Easter egg in a film, and, like, they've just... Quadrupled it in this movie. They could only really do that with time travel. That's Uh, the
1: only way they could have done that. I'm gonna have to disagree. I think they did put in the fan service stuff in there for sure on purpose. But it's like I don't think that's the only reason they did that.
0: (laughs) What do you mean? Do you think? Do you think they went? Oh shit! They die. What do we do next?
1: Well, I think the time travel element is so tied into this film as a whole. So, but (sighs) it was set
0: up in the previous film. Oh, time travel. Uh no no but like you got to remember they wrote these two films and shot this film yeah, two films I know, together. Yeah, I get that, but I'm talking they about they had in this this, planned
1: a, I, a I film get, before. I get that, but I'm talking about this specific film. So I, I don't think Tony sacrifices himself if he doesn't have that interaction with his father, and that can only be done via time travel.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like so, they they wrote this film thinking we want to have these. So it's not just Easter eggs; it's emotional moments. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They can only do that with time travel. So. The reason this is different to, like, <coughs> lazy writing or whatever stuff is because the intent, the intent behind time travel was so we could get these emotional beats and band service moments. And
1: here's the thing- You um, couldn't do without time travel. But here's the thing. If you start pulling the threads of the time travel story, uh, this movie falls apart. Uh, how so? So- the way the movie presents, and look, I get, this, I get into this conversation with Colin, I'm pretty sure, but- It's okay, we can get nerdy. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on this. It's fucking midnight. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way they explain that time travel works is like, if you go back to the past, that past becomes your future. So mm. by that logic, Captain America should not end up present uh, as an old person. That's not how it should go. Why? I'm not going to get into it. that's no, <laughs> right, because
0: he, he had a return device
1: thing. No, but he didn't. No, that's, that's not the way it goes. Like, like, but he would have turned 90
0: and then he I, would have pressed I'm the I'm not button. talking
1: about this here. <laughs> like, like, I can't do it. Like, we can't talk time travel right now. Like, I'm oh, just, well,
0: I don't see a problem with it. So if you can't defend it, it means I
1: win. The end. Look, dude, <laughs> do some research. That's all I'm saying. Do some uh, research. Uh, uh, I'm saying he's got,
0: a, he's got a clicker. He gets old. He presses the button. What's that to say? What do you mean he's got a clicker? He before he went back in time, he was given the Ant Man serum stuff to tra- travel through time. The pin particles. Yeah. Right. So he uses them, and he comes back when he's old. He Comes back as an old man. Simple as that.
1: No, I, I, I no, it just falls apart, dude. Just trust me. Look into it. I can't it, argue it, with doesn't. it right now. It's, you come back when you. I'm didn't. not. Um, let's drop this because I'm not talking about this right now. Okay,
0: um, you brought it up.
1: I'm just saying, like, if you're, if we're pointing out the flaws of the movie, which we have to because we're reviewing it, then that's what happens. So
0: yeah, but I'm not saying that, so I can't talk about that. That's all right. I I talked about it. So uh, well, I'm talking about it, and I said it's no problem.
1: All right, <laughs> but yeah, um, look, if you want to get deeper into it, you can read about it. But yeah, yeah, I I don't think it holds up. Like the, it, and that's that's like one of the things, the issues that you do with time travel. Like Terminator doesn't hold up, but it's still fucking great. So. Like it's just I don't
0: know. I, c- I can't comment if you don't tell me about it. So yeah, I can't say anything about it. Yeah, fair enough.
1: But I mean, like, it's it's yeah, it's very schlocky. It's it's very, um, <clears throat> uh, it's it's just kind of like simplistic, and uh, it's it's not. It shouldn't be. So.
0: But yeah, yeah well like, the film always aims to be sim- kind of simplistic.
1: Like yeah, they, they, I know, sp- I know, they, I know they why spend they spend a, a did scene it. sort know, of setting that up. I know why they did it, for sure, from a scriptwriting perspective, for sure. But it's just like it, dude, trust me, it falls apart. I, like that's all I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not going into yeah. it. But like uh yeah, dude. Uh, shall we move on?
0: Yeah, sorry to the listeners if you're confused. I'm I'm the same boat as you. Um so next up we got uh Colin. Um you had a conversation with Colin earlier, is that correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, Colin, set that up? Colin, yeah. So, Colin, uh, wanted to give his review on Endgame because it's Endgame. So, um, very much like our us review, um, you know, it's pre recorded ahead of time. So, I do apologize if you do hear me kind of like repeating stuff or changing my mind on stuff. I've seen it more times since, um, I, I watched it with Colin. I think at that point I'd only seen it twice. So maybe my thoughts change on stuff. I do apologize uh, in relation to any sort of like um, <clears throat> things that I've changed my mind on. So uh, it might be a bit confusing. But yeah, man, um, do you want to turn this over to Colin? Take it away, Colin. I actually think, it, I actually think it's me starting it. <laughs> uh, take it away, Zohab. Yeah, take it away, Zohab. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. Colin, welcome back to this upcoming attractions episode. Hello. <laughs> Hello, hello. Uh, Let's just dive right into it. What did you think of Avengers Endgame? Full spoilers, by the way. Full spoilers. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, It's, I mean, a movie like this only comes around every once in a while. And I, I think it's... I think it's really good because we have these. Uh, it kind of puts a cap on the Marvel fatigue thing. Because I'm admittedly, we talked about this on Winter Soldier. I started feeling that, and once I saw Infinity War, and I saw kind of like where they were. Really, the the the. Don't we wrong, We've always had like, oh, it's the fate of the world. But somehow, even them amping it up to this level, like, uh like Thanos is such a he's such a formidable like enemy like you feel like he can really do like what he's talking about cuz he's gone to he's gone to these worlds and done it before and he 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 feels so huge and and especially in infinity war, you know it, that's definitely like his movie, but in this one he seems kind of just even more like villainous. We actually see him in more like hand to hand combat, like like he he is not he he gets a lot more action in this one, and I think that's totally appropriate, given how much he's in like infinity war <clears throat> but i I really really enjoyed what they did with all of the characters uh obviously the big battle at the end um you know like the in a weird way. The only thing I can kind of compare it to that popped in my head at first is like Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 because it's like at the very beginning of Ghostbusters 2, it just says five years later. And then we hear about all this aftermath of their battle at the end of the last one and stuff. And I was like, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, plenty of other movies do that. But that was kind of it. randomly enough. That was like the first thing that popped into my head. Um, the beginning of it is kind of weird. Uh, it's just because, I mean, A... I mean, Jesus Christ! You know, you're getting <clears throat> you're getting Thanos' fucking head chopped off and arm chopped off and shit, and you're like, wow, like that is intense, like that's that's really crazy. Um, and I love the fact of the that the effect that this has had on him, the effect that it has on anybody that wields the gauntlet, because you're not impervious to that. Just because you're all powerful doesn't mean you're indestructible. At the same time,
1: and he seems genuinely kind of remorseful,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, kind. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I I think that. I I think that it's just one of those things where he knows. I mean, if he's he's willing to like sacrifice Gamora in Infinity War, and and do the things that he does in that movie, he's like this is just collateral damage. Like it just comes with the it just comes with the territory. Um, I like the fact that they just kind of right at the get go cover if you had the Infinity Gauntlet, you could just wish the stones like out of existence, and I think that's really cool. They just kind of cover that right off the bat. Um feel like everybody kind of knew the time traveling like thing was coming which I'm I'm okay with I th- I think they did it in a neat way um but I I especially love what they did with Hawkeye that was really cool you know him uh him kind of cuz he, he admittedly Hawkeye has been usually one of the least interesting characters like no but no kid wants to be Hawkeye they always want to be Iron Man or Hulk or Cap or whatever um and I th- I think, like, Black Widow and Hawkeye always going to get, like, a backseat. But in this one, they have a great story. It's really, really, really good. Um, you know, like, especially with, with him losing everything and her having nothing, him losing everything and her almost having nothing to lose this whole time. You know, she's not she's not like, oh, I've got a family. And Tony ends up having the kid. And, you know, Hawkeye's got his family. And, um, you know, she's kind of one of the only characters that has, like, nothing to lose. So her, her sacrifice in it made sense to me. Um, because with Hawkeye, we just built this family thing up from like what Ultron, I think from age of Ultron, they've built this up. So we've seen his family multiple times. Um, so that, that really made sense to me. Um. I mean, good God! You want to talk about fucking Cap getting the hammer? Holy shit! Um, that was just just a huge crowd moment. The whole the whole fucking audience just just was like, "Whoa!" And fucking people started clapping, and um, it was such an appropriate moment because that's again something that we kind of saw teased in Age of Ultron, and it really took like what. Civil War and Infinity War you know for <clears throat> for him to kind of like work these things out that he's been going through and he kind of had to lose the title of Captain America just to realize he's like I don't have to be Captain America I can just be Steve Rogers you know like I, I don't have to I don't have to like you know I think he did he needed that time of soul searching and it, and it really made sense I mean come on dude he grew out a beard <laughs> I mean nothing nothing says you're that you that, that you've <laughs> that you've been introspective for the last you know five years of growing out a fucking beard uh Um, and, uh, and I, 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 I I love the fight, like obviously the big fight in it, but also, the fights with uh with Thanos is is awesome just because he he do don't get me wrong he definitely does his fair share of fighting in Infinity War but this was like him on the motherfucking battlefield like like ready for war and I was like that is so badass versus before we just kind of had I mean don't get me wrong we had like six people fighting him on one you know six on one kind of fight and that was awesome and it was really cool seeing those people use their powers together I think about. It reminds me of the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, where you had, <clears throat> if you had like, if if it was like you're in your team, you had like the Thing, and you had Wolverine, then the Thing could pick Wolverine up and throw him at enemies, and he would have his claw stuck out and ready. So it was really cool seeing stuff like that in Infinity War, but then in Endgame there's i mean god damn there's like there's like you know um there's like air assaults going on and you've got the ground shit and then you know once the ships start firing down on them, the sorcerers just you know kind of open up the portals and just fizz that shit out like ever like i love even when when captain marvel and thanos are fighting for the gauntlet and she kind of gets the gauntlet but he takes the it's like everybody has this this quick logical great move to like what the you know what the people are doing it's just so it's so fucking great the the fighting and the choreography in that um I think it's great. You know, I am Iron Man. Boom. Like that, that was just so fucking, so fucking cool. Um, <clears throat> All in all, I just, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great way to, to end everything. Um, Could have used Captain Marvel a little more the way they kind of just like didn't put her in there just for the sake of not having her in there was kind of disappointing. Um, Especially when <clears throat> my thing is like the battle is happening here. I know you have to go to other planets and you have to, you know, fix all of this stuff, but like the Battle is is happening now, like how does she even know to come to Earth to fight all of this like how like the how does she know when to show up um and she's about ten minutes too late, like when it happened so I don't know. I think they <clears throat> they didn't want to use her because she's so you know overpowered and stuff. But but still, I think there's just an, there's some way of doing that. They could have said, oh well, we you know we've got her captured somehow, and she can't you know she can't come and join the fight. And eventually, when they when everybody shows up and starts kicking Thanos's ass, that's when she gets released, and you could have that kind of come in. So I don't know. I just didn't really love what they did with her, uh, but I did that's just such a small nitpick compared to this huge accomplishment that they've done. Um, I would definitely say if this is not a 10 out of 10, it's a 9 out of 10. I think it's ex- extremely well done. It's really good. It's not my favorite MCU film, just, just because, I mean, A, I've only seen it once, um, but the the, the first ha- the first beginning of it is kind of weak, and then you know some of the stuff they do with the characters later on I don't necessarily love. Um, but I, I still think probably Civil War is is my favorite i just love that it's it's basically you know it's it's like an avengers movie really um and i i think they just do such a great job with that but um but i mean what 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 is you what did you think
1: well colin i love you three thousand <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> uh man i mean look i have i have no objective feelings about this this is all subjective i'm sorry um i i i've seen this three times now and i still fucking love it dude i i'm not gonna say it got better every time i watched it i mean i i the first time was probably the best i as it as i went along it i picked up more and more stuff that was wrong with the logic of it um that was wrong with like um you know with the, with the story and all that but i mean just i'm just like like like, if you guys go back and listen to the episode we just did with uh, Chris Schrader from the Hey Do You Remember podcast, it's the In the, in the Mouth of Madness pod, uh, episode. Um, oh, no, wait, was that on there? Yeah, it was on there. Yeah, we did record that. So we talked about like kind of like being able to look past the logic issues um, if we're so wrapped up in the story of it. Uh, like within the Mouth of Madness, it's the mystery elements. In this one, in Avengers, it's... Um, It's it's everything. It's everything that Marvel have set up. It's everything. It's the way they're doing. Um, it's the way they're pacing it. It's the the music. It's the acting, all the performances, uh, the jokes. Like like we're just kind of wrapped up in it. And honestly, I'm just happy. Like I'm fine. I'm fine with for. I'm fine to forego the the logical shit. Like I mean, and especially when you start bringing time travel into it as an element, like you're going to run into some logical issues. So. I'm I'm more than happy to to let that slide. Um, for me, dude, I think I think the start of the movie was one of the strongest parts of the movie. Really? Um, yeah, I feel like if you watch Infinity War and this back to back, tonally they don't clash because like once you reach the middle of the movie, once you reach Ant Man, once Ant Man gets to Captain America and Black Widow and starts telling them about the quantum realm and like what's what they can do possibly to save the rest of the Avengers and the rest of the world. Um, I think the tone of the, the, like everything before that matches so well with the tone of the ending of, of Infinity War. And I think you do need to, um, let this thing simmer. You need to let, you need to show us how, how the avengers are kind of coming like getting over the the last 5 years like how they're moving on uh like you know you've lost half of the fucking universe um you need to kind of let that simmer for a little bit and i like that it's kind of like this calm calm before the storm um yeah, I, I don't know i just thought it was i just thought it was great um and and like the the opening of the film like the first 10 15 minutes uh like pretty much the lead up to to thanos being fucking killed um i dug that because like after that fifteen minutes, you're just like, well, what are they going to do now? Like there was honestly, when they killed Thanos and the first time I saw it in that session, like the like there was this this whole air of like, wait, what happens now? Right. And like Rocket Rocket says that Rocket says, what have you done? So we're just like, oh shit! Time for us to throw out all the theories because Thanos is dead. Um. So I just thought that was like really sort of clever, a really masterful way to, um kind of subvert everyone's expectations because like, you know, you've got this massive movie that everyone's been theorizing for over the, like the last year. Um, and for everyone to kind of like not be 100% on the money, like that's, that's, that's something that you kind of have to, that's a hurdle for a writer. Um, but yeah, man, I think all of the original six Avengers, so Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, Cap, uh, Iron Man, Thor and Hulk got fantastic moments to shine. um, I think I was a little, uh, I'm a little disappointed with what they did with Thor, um, hmm. but but um, that kind of works from a story perspective and how they've built up Thor. So we've seen from time to time that Thor really has a hard time dealing with failure and he deals with his, um, he deals with his losses in a very, very Different way than the other Avengers. Uh, he's he's much more childlike than Tony, which is very surprising. Uh, he's much much more childlike than um, Bruce or Steve, uh, and the way he deals with his grief or loss or like whatever he's done wrong, he has a cry about it, and that's just that's what happened. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, like, look, and, and and don't get me wrong, like I like man, I love the way they dealt with Tony's death uh I just like the the whole you know he he has to be the sacrificial lamb um like you know he don't forget like he started Iron Man selling weapons like selling war uh and, and that first Avengers movie like you know Steve calls him out and says you're not the one basically says, hey, look, you're never gonna be that guy who sacrifices himself to lay down on the wire uh so the other man can crawl over you and then Tony's just like I think I'll just cut the wire. So for that to kinda of come full circle, um, I think was fantastic and it it just felt right for Tony to be the the one ending the threat. Because it just it just like it's just the end of, of this massive eleven year thing that they've started. Um and Capman don't don't even get me started on Cap. Like, the way I've just been emotionally sort of engaged with Captain America's storyline, um, less so in the first Avenger, but uh, over in, over the Winter Soldier and um, Civil War, the way the Russo brothers have built that character up and written him to be so, so uh, human um and, and so someone that you can kind of relate to, even though he's been he's a super soldier he has been frozen in ice for seventy years uh it's it's insane how they've made him so relatable um and and definitely focusing his element of um the elements of him missing his his life seventy years of his life plus the death of peggy like the death of peggy in winter soldier was so heartbreaking with her getting dementia and you know basically forgetting shit and then eventually dying in civil war like that honestly it was just beautiful to see him finally getting his last dance with his girl and finally seeing him live his life it was just fantastic it was beautiful um i definitely don't think it's the best marvel movie to ever exist but i definitely think that it's one of the most satisfying movies ever made um and that's the word that I keep using, satisfying. Yeah, that's that's, uh, it that's, is, that's,
2: it is. that's that's right on the money.
1: Right, exactly. Like, there is no part of this where I'm just like, oh, well, I don't think they carried that as much as they could have. Like, uh, especially for our, our our two leads throughout the MCU, Cap and Iron Man, it's just insanely satisfying. And I'm so glad that it ended this way, for sure. Well,
2: hell yeah, dude. <clears throat> that's, that's one thing I thought about was... Cap going back and <clears throat> and redoing this this life with with Peggy as it's like, man, he knows what's going to happen to her. And despite all of that, you know, he's still like, you know, knowing watching that person die and, and you know, them forgetting you and stuff like that, like still goes back and puts himself like through that just because, I mean, it's absolutely worth it. I was like that. That's just fantastic. Uh, I, I like the fact that he also wasn't like this invincible he, he wasn't like 40 when he showed up, you know. It's not like a Highlander thing. He was old. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, totally. I did want to see Hulk beat some, beat some Thanos ass, but that didn't happen. And that's one of the other few things I'm kind of disappointed about, but I can get over it.
1: Well, here's the thing, I I think we're definitely, out of out of the six original Avengers, we're definitely going to get more Thor and we're definitely going to get more Hulk, because their storylines were not tied up or anything like that, Um, and, and I think they definitely left the door open for those two. Yeah, dude, let's hope so, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, man, Um, do you have any more thoughts before we head out of here? No, man, no, I'm good. Fucking awesome. Should we score it? It's a tough movie to score. I said 9 out of 10, but I've seen it once, so... Yeah, well, I mean, I I said that it was a ten like immediately after the movie finished. Um, oh, of course, you and don't. obviously, <laughs> obviously, that's me being subjective, and I'm being subjective right now. But I mean, after finding the problems and stuff, which there always is going to be, um, I'm I'm it's near perfect for me because I'm 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 so I'm so able to um, look past the the shortcomings of it. Like, and I'm very surprised that I'm able to do that because it's just like i'm i'm genuinely surprised at how much i can look past because the the movie just has me it's, it's like kevin feige and marvel just have me by the balls so um probably nine and a half to be honest Hell very yeah. damn near perfect oh yeah. yeah dude awesome um all right well let's uh get the fuck out of here um and let's pass this back to zoho <laughs>
0: Wow, that got racist and uncomfortable. <laughs> and, no, I'm kidding, Colin. You're cool. Um, I haven't heard the clip. I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure I agree with everything except for one thing, which I'll yell about him later. Um, and uh, yeah, that's generally how these things go. Um, hope that brings some more value to everybody. Um, any, do you have any thoughts about that clip that have changed since?
1: Um no because I haven't heard it I haven't heard it back we recorded it like <laughs> an ages ago so um yeah like you know I'm I'm sure I'm sure my thoughts haven't changed on it very much uh we did talk about the time travel stuff that you and I just talked about pretty much in agreement dude like if you look at it under a microscope it falls apart so I
0: I, I don't have the evidence presented to me so I can't talk about it all right um anyways so I think oh we. We normally give a a number or a rating. I, I, let's just- I guess it's a 10, right?
1: Uh, it's a nine and like, a half for me.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I always feel for me when it comes to these big event Marvel movies, like I said the same thing about Infinity War, like I feel like it's not fair to review it because of my bias is so strong. Um, I, it's probably- I don't know. If I have to get picky, maybe it's a nine because I do think- The pacing's a bit slow, but I understand why they did it too. Like I I don't know. It just does my head in trying to give it a number. Maybe it's a 10. Maybe it's a, you know, it's everything and nothing at the same time. It is Nirvana. It is the the soul, the energy, the spirit of the world around us. It is Avengers Endgame. It is a force we reckon with. It is an entity. I'm talking like I'm some sort of spell from a Doctor Strange movie, but that's cool. Let's leave it at that. Um, For those who are... Wow, this is probably our longest upcoming Trackings episode Dude, ever. Dude, we
1: have been talking Endgame um, for over an hour. Pfft. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we, we almost we did we did have a
0: um a long discussion beforehand over if this should be its own episode or not. Um maybe in hindsight it should have been. But um hopefully this has been um a great episode for you guys. I think it's been a great episode too. Um definitely a lot of fun. It feels like it was a week ago when we last talked about Sonic the Hedgehog. Um since then the movie's come out. That's how long this episode's been. Speaking of which, have you heard of the podcast comedy Bang Bang Bro?
1: Uh, I've heard. Um, how did this get made? Talk about it. Yeah. Um, I
0: know. Zook, um, Jason and Zook is a regular attendee. They just had their ten-year anniversary episode, and it's. I'm not kidding you. Ten hours long. <laughs> what? Yeah, they split into two. They're five hours each. And it's. I started listening to it at work, and then I kind of realized, like, it would take me two days of work to get through it all. I've listened <laughs> to I, a four and, and a half a hour
1: podcast. Like, I can do that. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I don't have to listen to it all in one go.
0: Yeah, like, it, it would be, it'd probably take me a while to get through it. But, like, that's an achievement. So don't feel too bad. Our episode is long, but it's not that long. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Um, if this was your first time, uh, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, these upcoming tracks and episodes are where we review uh the latest movies and we talk about latest movie news, as you've seen. Um, feature presentations are where we talk about uh a one particular film in very big detail, even more detail than our end game review, if you can believe that. Um we recently did an episode featuring um a special guest, didn't we?
1: uh yeah thanks so much for joining us chris Schrader from the hey do you remember podcast dude like that was so much fun uh we covered one of colin's favorites in the mouth of madness uh and man like i knew chris was gonna come in fucking heavy and loaded man like he's always prepared so I, i am so so fucking glad that we got him on like that episode is fantastic and it turned out so well so thanks so much chris definitely go check out hey do you remember um that was one of our uh, inspirational and uh, instrumental uh, like uh, just an instrumental podcast to get us started because we just looked at that and we were like man that's 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 our fucking bar right there so
0: yeah i think that podcast as well as some um, lsg media and now we've had <laughs> both of them um guest on this it must be a pretty surreal experience particularly for you and colin hey
1: oh dude absolutely it feels like i feel like i'm on cloud nine
0: yeah amazing um So be sure to check that out if you get a chance. Um, In the meantime, follow us on social media, Facebook, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, the wherever you can find it, you can find us. As we mentioned before, if you want to be a little chatty with us and maybe even be a part of the episode um, with your comments read out, find our Facebook community group as well, the After Party and then Brackets Midnight Double Feature. Um, If you are listening to us on iTunes, please give us a review. It really helps out the show. And we appreciate all your support and your lovely faces. I've started turning to a radio guy at the Easter yeah. show. I'm sorry. It's it's really late. Um, and it's past my bedtime. So with that, um, I wish you all a good night, regardless what time it is for you. And I uh, hope you have sweet dreams like I'm about to have. Um, and I think that's it for this episode. We'll catch y'all on the flippity flop. ladies. <laughs> Laters.